We the bestest cast with the left twist. Not fairly well dressed. Put me on the guest list. The guest list. Huh. Yeah, on the guest list. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week of On the Guest List with Fox Trotting to Get Down, White Sox Dave and Kenny Carkeet. With you, as always, from the band is your boy Colin. We have Mr. David Williams down here. Dave, how are we today, buddy? Chilling. Memorial Day weekend. One of my favorite weekends of the year. Uh, shitty weather today, though, so I'm just cooped up in the house. Uh, what are you guys up to? Nothing much. But yo, how was that Peloton ride this morning? It was actually, dude. I don't know if you guys ever get like this, but I mean, it's Memorial Day weekend. So we're out, you know, barbecuing. We did a fucking a crawfish broil, which is actually awesome. And uh, yesterday we were bouncing around and I was fucked up. I woke up today feeling like a million dollars, not an ounce of a hangover, not an ounce of one. That's a magical day. That I'm happy like, for you. That's great. That's like I, I appreciate that. Yeah, you you beat God in that circumstance. It's, it's a magical in this feeling. instance, I did. It's like in, in t- 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 Titanic where they're like, God himself couldn't sink the ship. And he's like, fuck you. I could have yeah, said yeah, yeah. God himself couldn't give me a hangover today. And I would have won this round. God himself can't sink Dave Williams. That's that. That's a quote <laughs> yeah. card right there, dude. That's a quote card. I like that. Uh, also with us today out in California, just reveling in the wonderful weather. We have Mr. Kenny Carkey. Kenny, how are you, buddy? Best day of my life, man. Been hanging out in the pool all day, eating bratwurst, just having a good time, listening to tunes, having a great one. See, yeah. I need you to send me a picture of the bratwurst you cook. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I could judge it. I'm assuming it's trash, and we take pride in our sausage eating abilities in the Midwest. So yeah, I I don't know that I would actually allow you to see it because it may not stand up to your standards. You know, I, I'm ca- I'm not thinking it would. I'm not it's thinking Cal- it would. It's California bratwurst. It probably has avocado in it. It's yeah, like some avocado. Shit. It's like fake. What are the like charcoal. Bratwurst? The uh, like they sell them at, at Burger King's, the fake meat, the impossible, oh, uh, the impossible, impossible, that's impossible what I'm talking about. Impossible yeah, yeah, yeah. There's an impossible bratwurst. Yeah, I think it's relevant. I've been following Kenny on social media today. You are having the best day ever, dude. I'm it's a great day. It. I'm having a great day, man. It's great. Are you Summertime's here. off your roof, dude. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, I, I was on my roof fixing some shit yesterday, and I was kind of hot, and I was like, first jump of the season, why not? And I fucking <laughs> just made a leap. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm out here. Dying in rainstorms and Kenny's jumping off a roof. I'm just waiting for my buddies to come visit, man. I got all this fucking fun shit happening. Let's go. All right. Well, well, I guess we'll have to make that happen. Do a podcast Uh, from here. That's what we need from the roof. We're going to eventually. We're going to eventually. Uh, Real quick before we get into anything else. It is Memorial Day weekend. Let's take a minute. Thank everybody who has died for our country, fought for our country. Kenny, I know you have military in your family, so thank yeah, you yeah, yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Dave, I'm not sure if you do. I do. My Gra- sister's stationed in San Antonio right now. Um, she's in the med field in the Army. She's an officer. Uh, I was, She was actually going to be on my guest list today, but I guess we can just knock that out now. But, yeah, um, uncle was in the Navy. Grandpa, he passed away in 2008 or something like that, about 12, 13 years ago. He um, he was in the army and he actually got sent to the brig because he beat the shit out of his like his superior because nice. the superior took nice. a picture of my grandma. So my grandpa just beat the shit out of him. So we had to go to nice. military jail for a few weeks. Your grandpa's a um, G. I love that. I, I like him. He would smoke literally like he would light one cigarette with the other. He nonstop smoke. Eventually, he I mean, he, he made it till he was like 80 some. So. I like but, him even uh, more now. He, his lungs were fucking, they had to be just lumps of coal. But one time, this is when I was younger and it sticks out in my brain like, like fucking crazy. We were at, I was at his place and we were walking down the street 
to uh to go get breakfast at like this breakfast diner and he sees a flagpole and he like did this thing where he held his, his body weight like perpendicular to the ground and yeah he had like forearms that were the size of my legs it was pretty crazy so yeah shout out him uh and my sister angie like i said her and her husband are both in the military right now she'll have to go overseas soon but uh she's got two kids so she was able to um like delay it or whatever but yeah memorial day one of my favorite weekends of the year and shout out troops and all anybody who served or has served look man if if it wasn't for the people who protect our country we couldn't be doing shit like this so i just want to say thank you to everybody who served has served is serving you deserve all the praise in the world. So I just wanted to hey, get man, I just want to put some hair on your chest. Go look at Uncle Chaps' uh, Twitter I did, feed right now. Dude. Oh, my God. You yeah, he's to- got some fucked up stories that really make you think. Yeah, I'm like chopping onions, dude. I'm yeah, really yeah. Up reading that kind of stuff. It's crazy. But all right. So looking at the music industry, it is a holiday weekend. So traditionally, things are a little bit slower going into this week. It is in all forms of media. But I will say there was some huge releases this week. Uh, DMX's first posthumous album started dropping. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. You got a Nas feature, a Jay-Z feature. You got Griselda on there. It's great stuff. It's great to hear some more uh, DMX out there. Uh, Jay Balvin and Bad Bunny, two of the biggest stars in reggaeton, two of the biggest pop stars in the world, period. Both dropped new songs. Uh, in the rock world, the Glorious Sons, band from Canada that I love, just dropped a new single. And um, our buddy Kenny Carkey just dropped a new single. That's right. Kenny, let's talk about WoW, buddy. Congratulations. I, uh, thanks, man. I, I keep forgetting that that actually even happened until you say something like that. <laughs> thanks, man. I, I'm super pumped on this song. Uh, I was telling you guys before we started recording that it's the first song that I wrote in quarantine. Um, and my favorite part about that song is it's called WoW. The chorus drops and it's literally only the word WoW. And it happened because I was unsure of myself, super terrified to even put my voice on any type of record. And after I did the first verse, I literally just went, wow. <laughs> and, that was oh. stuck. and that became the whole fucking thing. Yeah. So it's, I, I love hearing the like story behind a song or an album like that. Yeah. It was just pure, genuine honesty. I literally went, wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get Owen Wilson on a remix, dude. Get yeah, Owen wow. Wow. <laughs> Um, all right, Kenny. So I gave you some adulation. I also had to shit on you for a minute. Are you ready to admit that you were wrong about the Olivia Rodrigo thing? I'm not ready to, but I, but I will. I, I, uh, <laughs> I know I said I wasn't into it, but like the good music student that I am, I listened through and through a couple times and fuck, it's really good. It's, it's really good. It's got the, it's, it's like, it's not necessarily something that I would put on every day and just blast yep. on repeat. Right. But because it's like kind of got that Carly Ray, Rebecca Black kind of yes. pop vibe to it. That said, it's fucking rad. All of that's rad. The production's rad, the musicality, the, the lyrics, even like it's, it's great. The colors, the album artwork, what she's wearing, like it's for, well done. If, if you take it for what it is, it's pop music and you take exactly. it for, for what it is in the space that it's in, it's really well done. And uh, she had a great producer and, and like co-songwriter on us named uh, Dan Nigro. And if you go listen to And The Writer Is, which is a great music podcast, I mean, fuck them because they're not us, but uh, yeah. <laughs> really good talk about that. The album Sour is doing gr- huge, huge record-breaking numbers. It's huge, and- yeah. Good for her. I'd like to see like some new blood come into the fold and, and that it, it, it's good stuff. So congratulations to her. Uh, speaking of albums, this is what I want to talk about before we get into segments. Also, I didn't even mention this yet. We have two amazing guests on the podcast today. Awesome uh, guests. We have Nick Wold from Dreamers, Kenny's buddy, a Epic. new friend of ours. Just an unbelievable conversation. If you like aliens, if you like ghosts, if you like good <laughs> songwriting stories, psychics. All that, so psychic. we recorded that 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 interview last week did we even really talk about music that much 
a little. I feel a like as soon bit. as we did, we reverted back to something else. Because we were talking about how we want to get like we want to go to a tarot card reader or whatever the fuck they're called. And he's like, oh, I already did that. And our ears just perked up. And we're like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, you're talking our language now. You got to stick around for this interview. Nick is a great wow. guy. Dreamers are really on the way, dude. This is good. this is a really good. We're going to be uh, big interview. time, dude. They are. Dude, that, song, that song Palm Reader is so Amazing. fucking good, dude. And when Big Boy comes in, it it work like it doesn't even just work like it's meant like it just because sometimes you'll get a feature, a big feature, yep. a rapper, and they just plop it right on top of the song like it feels so good. I'm so pumped, he, man. Dude, he got a God level rapper on that. Show. God and level. It, and sure. it really yeah. worked out well. So shouts out to Nick. Shouts out to Dreamers. Also, our pick of the week this week. We have two. Actually, we're going to have a bonus one, which is wow at the end of the show. But we have Armani White on the podcast as our pick of the week. Armani is a rising star in the hip hop community. West Philadelphia, born and raised. My boy. We've actually had the opportunity to play live together before. And he stopped me in my tracks. Really amazing guy hilarious interview at the end of this podcast we get into everything we talk about future we get into a lot of different stuff but he is a funny motherfucker and it's a great interview so we got two great interviews today uh before we get into segments kenny and dave i have a question for you guys so Fire away. Remember, remember that j cole album i was just rambling on about a couple weeks ago and i was yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely over the moon i don't give a fuck about it anymore wow it leads wow. me to my wow. question here wow so good wow our album our album's dead I was Man. just about to ask that same thing. So randomly enough, so you were talking about, or Kenny was talking about how it took him a few listens to uh, get used to the Olivia Rodriguez, not just get used to it, but to like it, enjoy it. And I found myself, and this is like a douchey, like I was on the Peloton, ha, ha, ha. And <laughs> they were playing, I just pick random classes to do because I don't know what I like or what I don't like yet. And it was a Lizzo class. Mm. And at the end of it, I was like, wow. This is pretty good. Wow. I like, I fucking hate her. Just, I like went out of my way to hate her, just assuming I would hate her music. But I was like, wow. And I'm trying to look up her album. It's all singles. Like, Mm. there are no albums. Like, unless I'm missing something, because I don't, I'm not, I didn't go too deep into her discography, but it was just like single after single after single. And she's obviously a megastar. I'm going to just drop this out there because this, I, I really have been thinking about this a lot. And, it sucks to be someone who creates albums and yeah. loves albums. But I think that my brain is now processing content in different ways. And unless I already love and know the album track by track, I'm having a hard time being able to sit down and digest 10 songs. of For music. sure. And it sucks because it's in my, it's how I grew up. It's like what I like love. I want to digest in a complete work of art. I want a concept album. I want to like live in the world of an album, but I don't know what's, maybe it's because. I think we just have lower 10 or smaller attention spans now, like because of social media, we need like instant gratification on everything or the other way around. You need to hate something immediately. Go ahead, Kenny. I think a big part of it, is remember when we were kids and you would go at midnight to the local CD store Fuck and you yeah. would wait in fucking yep. line and you would get a physical copy in your hand yep. that you held against your heart and you pulled out the sleeve and you read every lyric, you read the thank yous, you read who it was For made sure. by, right? Like there was a thing, a tangible thing about records when we were when we were coming up that now with digital, it's just so easy to be so removed from owning it because you don't own it, right? You're nope. borrowing it, you're streaming it, right? So it's like, there's a lot of that psychology, I think in that, but yeah, it's like, 
why why would any band put out albums these days or, or even eps really because does it waste songs i don't it know does. what the ways you know we, we talk about this with armani later in the podcast and this had nothing this was not a pre-planned thing he started to talk about this and it always feels like when i put a collective work of art out that I just wasted four to five of the songs because people are going to pick through for the singles or the ones that they see on our list of our yeah, top Yeah, because five you songs. can add one song from an album to a playlist and yada, yada, yada. You know, it's like... On an artistic uh, side, though, sure. you can create an album's worth of content around one song nowadays. You can yeah. do a music video. You can do a behind-the-scenes thing. You mm -hmm. can do a whole campaign around one single. Back in the day, you weren't doing that. You were only releasing singles to get ready for a full-length album. Yeah. This is a change. I, I can I can say that, that to um, I had been a part of albums with a wall, but I had never made an album on my own, start to finish for some, for like my own project. And when we went to make fitness um, karate LP, mm. everybody told us you're gonna waste songs. It's pointless. What are you doing? Blah blah blah. And I just I just fucking wanted to just to do it once yes. to yeah. have one like I made a 10 song body of work that cohesively runs start to finish yada yada. So like there's some sort of gratification. I bet, you know, I, I feel from the artist side. But but yeah, from like a business standpoint, you're like you're you feel like you're losing songs because people could just pick out what they like and, and never listen to the whole album again. And what's really funny is you always have people who will be when you're an artist, they want to pick you and be like, when's the album coming out? When's the album coming out? And you're and you're like, because we're we are programmed as people who make things to do things a certain way. So when you're going through your, your steps, it's, it's like, OK, single, single album. And I want to do that. But at the same time, you have to recognize the trends of what's going on. And not only that, fuck trends. It's how do people consume things? I can't even sit through a full album and I'm a, I'm a music nerd. Who is to say that somebody sitting in their living room in fucking Chicago is going to sit down and who wants you to listen have to me. Who wants to listen to 13 Fox? You know, and, and, and now you know there's I mean? something now there's something even more special about when you can say that whole album. Yeah, that whole album is fucking dope from start to finish because that just doesn't fucking happen anymore. But there are, you know, every once in a while you get one and you're like, I mean, as it doesn't really pain me to say, but like the new 21 Pilots record, I've been listening to it nonstop. It's uh, it's it's fucking great. It's like another good start to finish record. Bro, and I, I talked about this on the last podcast, but uh, the currency mixtape with the Alchemist that he put up on streaming, I've been running that constantly, 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 constantly. And maybe that's because I love currency as a person. Like, I think if you're going to listen to a full band's project, you have to have a special relationship with that artist to care that deeply to listen to all those songs. And while we're talking about albums, I, we talked about it like three or four podcasts ago. That fucking St. Vincent record ah, is dude. one of the best things in the last five years. Hands badass, down. dude. So yeah. badass. Well, Dave, I mean, you you are from the consumer side at this point. Yeah, yeah. I was, was going to say, like, it's maybe a time or two a year that I'll, and honestly, two is probably too much. It's probably more like once a year, I'll find an album that I love and I just run it back start to finish. Last one was okay. Human. Mm. Uh, I thought Van Weezer stunk. Actually, I thought it was pretty fucking bad. Um, <laughs> and th like, there's been a bunch of, of albums that have been released, but I haven't really looked forward to it other than cherry picking songs here and there. So I I mean, that totally so makes I feel sense. you guys. But, but you have a relationship with Weezer. You know what I mean? Like, you've had a long-standing relationship where you've loved Weezer for a very for long sure. time. That, so, I, I, like, looked forward to that release, and I knew that I was going to give it a shot for weeks ahead of time. You know, who, me, does, you know who does good albums? Weezer is a good, good segment, too. Tame Impala. Yep. Childish Gambino. Oh, yeah. Alt-J. 
yes. there are some album fucking bands that are so creative. You know, what I mean? they they do exist out there. It's it's a funny thing. But I will say though, bands like Gambino had a had singles prior. Do you know what I mean? Like oh totally yeah to, yeah. You have to hit that first single to gauge people's interest. But more than importantly, I think I've talked myself into this throughout this conversation. You have to build a relationship with your fans. It's not as easy as just pressing LP and then all of a sudden people want to listen to it. You have to build an identity and tell a story that people want to hear. It's Game of it's Thrones, sure. man. Bro, yeah, I mean, but that's, that's, that's perfect, perfect analogy. It's, dude, it's, it's Game of Thrones. Yeah. You move this piece here, I move this piece here. That didn't work. Take this, move it over here. And it's not just music, though. It's the Barstool thing as well. You guys always preach there has to be a story there. People have to give a shit to listen to what you have to say. Absolutely. I mean, so, it's like where it's a that's a perfect way to put it. Yeah. Fucking smart. Well, you I mean, are that, fucking was, smart. that was you that was just the conversation smart. that I needed to start with because it was bothering me. It was literally to where I was just in my car and I put on the J. Cole album and I was like, when's he gonna come out with something new? It dropped like two weeks ago. And I was like, this disappoints me in myself. I I, I I'm an artist, I should care more than this. That's why with my solo stuff, I've only ever put out singles just because like by the time I write a third song, I hate the first song. Yeah. And so I just yeah. want to put them out like, oh, I love I'm in love with this now. I want to put this one out now. I'm in love with this one. You know, I mean, from my perspective right now, we have so much music recorded in backlog. We can feed our content for another year, just to a single right. every two months. So exactly. It's all a game. It's all a fucking game. So that's a great conversation to start the podcast off. Let's go into segments. Uh, we'll do on the list, off the list to start. Uh, my on the list was my off the list two weeks ago. But mayor of Easttown, dude, did anybody watch the finale last Hell night? Hell fucking yeah, I did. So dude, you don't, no spoilers. You can't talk. I okay. love it. No, well, no I'm spoilers. on episode like one and a half. I started it yesterday. I fell asleep and then I went out. So that's like on my to-do list for the rest of the night. It is enough. Enough time has not passed to where I could spoil things. What I will say was I was satisfied with the ending. I will say that. Yeah, that's what I was. That was my biggest takeaway was they wrapped it up with a bow on top and it's beautiful. They did such a good job. I just want to say, though, if a show is starring people that sound and look like me. And all these people, it's goddamn incest and murder and everybody's <laughs> a dirtbag. And I still loved it. That needs to tell you this was a good goddamn show. I heard people I, comparing it to True Detective Season 1, which I think is the holy yeah. grail of TV. It is the holy grail for me of TV first Same. seasons. Yeah. For the last two, they, yeah. but that first We're season, gonna, it was television perfection. Absolutely. And I will say it I'm never gonna put anything on that level because it was a moment in time for me. And plus you had the thing with McConaughey and he was it was a, a career thing. Kate Winslet, outstanding. She Killed is it. she's an amazing amazing fucking actress. She's a uh, fucking amazing actress. Amazing, amazing actress. actress. The entire cast, which by the way, yeah. I found this out after the fact because they did like a kind of like a look through the series afterwards. They're all British. Which <laughs> which is like that's, that's, you would never in a million years know that. It was funny though. I was I was saying to my wife afterwards, and I was like, "Man, speak about representation. They're giving all these goddamn jobs to these British actors. We couldn't <laughs> find some haggard-looking old lady in fucking Delco that could have done this job, <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> taking jobs away from Delco uh, scumbags." But uh, Mayor of Easttown on my list this week, Kenny. Dude, I, I can't wait to roll on with that show. Go for it, dude. Trust me, Kenny. Motherfucking summertime. <laughs> it's fucking warm. There's no clouds in the sky. You, you surface live in summer in. all year it's round. Always summertime. Right. I know, but it's officially summertime because I've jumped in the pool. I'm surfing every day. I'm going to Mexico next fucking week. Ooh. Let's go. Summertime. Good. Where are you going to Mexico? This place called Las Gaviotas on the Baja coast. It's like mm. south of 
Tijuana south is Rosarita, and then underneath there, it's like a little surf town called Las Caviotas. So I'm taking just my you first. Did uh, you and your lady? Or me, you my lady, her? my sister, and her husband. Oh, that's so beautiful, we're, man. Yeah, we're all gonna go down there. I'm really, really pumped. But summertime is here. I'm making tunes. I'm jumping in the pool. Life I can't is good. tell you how much I would like to drink a little fruity drink with one of the umbrellas sticking out. out I wish like you would come. Pineapple. I wish you would come visit me, bro. You don't want no, me there. We'll, no, we'll you say that. <laughs> no, I no, I, we would we would rip it up. You can you, you can, can hang like, you can, you can hang yeah, out with my like, sports nut degenerate gambling brother in law. <laughs> I'm a I'm a well people like to call a liability i like to have a lot of fun <laughs> so everybody like lo- they know that there's like a 50 percent chance you have the time of your life or a 50 percent chance you get arrested then i tell you what you come visit me but you stay at a hotel perfect <laughs> that, know it perfect that's the fine line you got to draw every crew go. needs one guy you have to worry about pissing in a place that they shouldn't piss i've yeah, never yeah. done that i've never one time done that Dude, we had I've a never situation. pissed my pants or I've never pissed in a rear. I bet you're place. you're you're a breaker of things. Yeah, hundred percent. No, like I'm you not, might break stuff. <laughs> not really. I I like <laughs> I can drink all day, and then all of a sudden I'm just completely fucking wrecked. <laughs> That's how it goes when but you drink all day. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. It's you're like I'll I'll be the one to like hey let's go to the casino or like let's. Mm do blah 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 and i yeah. can always talk people into it and you're like why the fuck did i listen Is to that blah 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 cocaine night? you're like yeah, let's yeah, do yeah, some yeah. blah blah oh. blah <laughs> kenny real quick question about mexico how is mexican weed it's awful really terrible oh my god no I, I mean every time i've bought weed down there it's fucking horrible and i use the last time i brought weed down there i had a really close call and i was like all right i, I don't think i could do that anymore but i still bring my little weed vape pens those yeah, are you get away with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. I bring this thing on flights. I mean, it's oh, illegal, dude, all the time. So yeah, see, baby. Shit. No free ads. Uh, Dave, who was on your guest list? It was it was the troops. Uh, we already kind of talked Ooh. about that a little bit, but um, yeah, we can. You can't reiterate enough of <laughs> their importance, what they mean to us as like like we all have military family. I almost actually joined the military right out of college. Really, I grew I up on I grew broke. up on base, man. Lived on base for so many years. Yep. You know, I got to say, though, like even past the commitment of what it is that they do, I always give people in the military so much credit to have the wherewithal to say, I'm ready to commit my life to something. I'm ready to give part of my life to something. And in that capacity, you just have to respect them on a human level to say they have enough discipline and enough of a situational awareness to say, like, I'm going to take care of other people first. So that's just deep but you yes, gotta be I agree built differently wired differently oh absolutely so, can you, we, who, was that your parents in the military i'm the only male in my family to not be in the military which was kind of, a, kind of a kind of a disaster because every single male in my family is a military pilot and from my grandpa his three sons my dad their sons like everybody's a military pilot i was like I'm just going to go to California and play guitar, <laughs> I, I, I think, kind of thing. You go to um, family reunions and they're like, what's wrong with you, boy? You know what? Hey, it though, turned out the, all right, though. Though The reason I've been able to achieve what I've been able to achieve is because my military family was so supportive of me not following those footsteps. I had the True. best parents in the world who helped me do everything and got me out here and, and did all the support stuff. And uh, But yeah, I like I lived on base housing until I was like 10 hanging out in the hangars and all the helicopters and my dad was in the army the navy and the coast guard the rest of my family was in the air force like my high school was next door to an air force base um which my whole family was stationed at and after 9 11 on 9 12 we lost like 25 seniors who enlisted wow. next day they had already turned 18. yeah if it was 9/11 like 11 would have i was 
uh, I was 12 years old for 9-11. If it would have happened when I was 18, I think I probably would have done. Yeah, the same I was thing. a senior. 100%. I was a senior in high school, you know, and it's like right at that 17, 18 mark. And a couple kids had already turned 18 and their parents are already in the military and they were already going to join. So like as soon as that happened, they bounced out of school and went straight in. And a couple of them didn't come back either. So, yeah, Memorial Day, man. Just to leave this conversation, Kenny, I never want to fuck up in front of your dad because he sounds like a real badass motherfucker, dude. He's been in every. Here's the, the, here's the thing. He's a gay man married to a Mexican man. And my dad is the manliest wow. gay man you've ever met in your entire life. You want to talk about modern family? Wow. That's my fucking family, dude. dude. My mom's an immigrant. My dad's from the South, gay man, military, triple time vet. Like, my Bro, grandfather was in World War II. Yeah, your crazy. dad needs to sell his life rights to Netflix because that's one of the most interesting people I've ever heard in my that's entire life. That's a good life. call, actually. And Capitalize dude, on that shit. He's one of those guys who's everybody's dad. Like, everybody's yeah. dad. He'll help everybody. He got my friend's braces. He fucking did with, like, he's just the community dad vibe. He's it's my dude, home. can we know? get your dad on the podcast sometime? Oh, Jesus. my God. He'd love to be on here. He talked Let's for fucking go. ever. Hell, yeah. We'll have him co-host one week. All right. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead, Kenny. Go ahead. No, no, I got nothing else. Go ahead. All right, cool. Uh, off my list, I got assholes at sporting events. Sporting events, people are back in the stadiums yeah, now. Why have I been seeing so many fights lately? Straight fist fights at all the I'm baseball cool games. With, I'm cool with fist fights. What I'm not cool with is these assholes. Specifically, I'm wearing a Philadelphia 76ers hat. We don't need any help looking like assholes in sporting events and situations like that. And we got dudes dumping popcorn on Wa Russell Westbrook when he's injured going back to the... What about the, the water bottle going over to the Kyrie? Water bottle, that, yeah, yeah, guy threw a water bottle at Kyrie. It's Boston. It does not surprise me whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, he got seriously. arrested. And then the worst of all of them, this is my point I want to make. Some dude spit on Trey Young in New York. Let oh, me tell you God. something. Listen... I truly would like to bring this to Congress. I think that if another man spits on you, you have the right to take that man's life. It is the most disrespectful <laughs> yeah, thing yeah. that you can do to another man without legitimately putting your hands on him. Dude, you should have to square off sadly, and battle, dog. Sadly, this all sounds pretty fucking American to me. It's pretty fucking standard-ass <laughs> American. Dude, I think people are just fuck. fucking stir-crazy. Yeah, like, back yeah, in stands and crowds, like... The Nobody South knows side, how to act anymore. Nope. No one knows how to act. Which is well, fine with me. Like, I can stay away from that shit. But uh, at Sox games right now, it's like the fucking Wild West. Like, yeah. people drawing, dueling each other. And it's usually <laughs> fucking chicks, too. I saw uh, that girl fight in the, in the, in the White Sox stands. God we, damn, dude, dude. we made her a smoke show of the day on Friday. Did you? So uh, people kept sending me her Instagram. I'm like, she's fucking hot, actually. <laughs> and so I sent it to, like, our smoke show people, and she, she was a smoke show of the day. Well, there you go. Let's go. What, a, what Kenny, a job. Kenny, in the immortal words of Kenny Carkey, any press is good press. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kenny, Kenny, who's off your list? Off my list today. This is a weird one, but every once in a while we get weird ones. <clears throat> Three letters. TLC, wow. the Lifetime Channel. I got oh, sucked right. into the new season of Hoarders the other day right and then that led to extreme cheapskates and then that led to my strange addiction and then that led to intervention and i'm like yep. this fucking channel is nothing more than exploiting mentally sick people for <laughs> ad revenue they're like let me find the most fucked up people in this country and put their asses on tv and i'm gonna make some fucking i'm like this is the sickest wow. channel i've ever seen intervention is one of the most fucked up shows of all time you're Bro, getting someone at their absolute lowest a hundred percent it's, it's like, like, anyway, I got sucked into some of that shit the other day, and I was like, this is the worst American shit I've ever fucking seen. Ironically like, enough, I just interviewed for my other podcast. We interviewed Steve Wilkos, because uh, he's uh, a big chick, and we're interviewing Jerry this week, um, Springer. But um, we, so we asked him, we're like, so how fake was it, and how fake wasn't it? And he's like, 
honestly, everybody thought it was 100% fake. We would just find the whitest, trashiest, <laughs> grossest, southern freak show creatures uh-huh. that we could find. And we would just throw them in on a TV. And it's like, creatures. Do their <laughs> just, I, I use this word with Armani later in the conversation. We were talking about uh, Mayor of Easttown. And I said, dude, it is the dustiest white people you've ever seen <laughs> in your entire life. It needs so- the banner above it that just says, the worst of us. You know? so, yeah, <laughs> don't judge us by these people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The worst. But, really, he's, if, but he even said that. Steve Wilkos was like, yeah, we just like threw him in a ring and it fucking got crazy big ratings and we didn't pay them that much. Like we paid their flights and shit, whatever it was. <laughs> we used to and, say that shit on tour all the time when you pass through a real shit city. You're like, yeah, man, the worst of us. <laughs> the worst of us. <laughs> the fucking worst of us. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, Dave, who's off your list? Um, Lori Lightfoot. So we're supposed to. It's 10 days from. Uh, it's on June 10th. We're supposed to open up completely 100%, like no restrictions. Corona's dead. And Lori Lightfoot said, nah, we're not going to do that yet in oh. Chicago. So it's her and our fucking governor, like not on the same page again. And people want her like they want her gone. They just want her fucking out of office. So and that is the beautiful thing about democracy. We can actually make that happen if everybody gets to the polls and votes eventually. But And you I- know what? It's because the troops were allowed to do that. You like how I tied that Let's together, go, Kenny? America. I like it, my man. See? Uh, for those of you who aren't aware, Lori Lightfoot is the mayor of Chicago. So we'll, we'll just throw it out there. She, uh, no one likes her, like, either side at this point. Like, nobody likes her. It's, right, exactly yeah, it's not going very good. It's, it, it, who's the mayor of, of L.A.? Get that? Well, mayor of L.A. is uh, uh, Garcetti. Garcetti? Yeah. But the governor, Newsom, yeah. it's the first time in a billion years that they've got enough votes to recall him. So mm. that he has to have another election within his term because people are so pissed off of how he handled shit, which is why everybody thinks that his January 15th removal of all restrictions is like a last minute ditch, ditch effort, effort to, you oh, know yeah. what I mean? Political. Fuck it. Too late. Uh, let's get out of politics. Let's, let's yeah. move on. So that was on the list, off the list. Uh, before we go into our interviews quickly, let's go through what the fuck we've been listening to. I'll start it out. I got a really cool artist for you guys, Dave. I think you're going to love him. Uh, Kenny, if, if you like a little weird, right? You like a little bit of weird. I love a lot of weird. So I don't know if you know who Charlie Crockett is. Charlie Crockett is Sounds familiar. He is a I just call him a traditional American artist. He does classic country, R&B, Motown, outlaw shit. But he is from South Texas, lives in New Orleans, has a really cool vocal delivery, but also like a lisp as well. And he, he just really amazing short cowboy songs, but just one of the coolest vocal deliveries you'll ever hear. Uh, I picked out the song I Can Help. It's off his new record. He, uh, This is a Motown song. It's beautiful, but I'm telling you, take the time for Charlie Crockett. It is traditional country with a twist. It's really, really cool. It's nothing poppy about it. It's a fucking sick, sick Super album. Super tight. Super Charlie tight. Crockett is the fucking man. He, he, he has a lisp, and it's, it's fucking sick. So I want to give a shout-out to Charlie Crockett. Uh, Kenny, what the fuck have you been listening to? Taking it back as always, man. Dirt McGirt. ODB, old dirty bastard, want to get high in the clouds. <laughs> Dude, I mean, he's maybe my favorite member of Wu-Tang, favorite fucking solo shit, like Dirt McGirt, dude, homeboy, love him, rest in peace. I'm a big fan of old dirty bastard, Inspect Deck, Raekwon the Chef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most killer. I was going to go through the whole thing and I fucked it up. I'm not going to do it. You God, man, they're all good. You God, uh, even Capadonna down the line. Let's just go yeah, through dude. Wu-Tang. Dude. Meth, yeah. like, come on. The MBTA is your D man. Uh, Dave, what the fuck have you been listening to? I was riding my bike to Truth Hurts by Lizzo. Ooh, nice. That's what, and nice, that's, nice. Like, that's what, and it's such a fucking cheesy, shitty song. I hate that. I love it. <laughs> and I was like, 
backpedaling my feet to the beat of the song, getting really into it. Yeah, Dave. Wondering yeah, about Dave. what Minnesota Viking she stuffed. Or Dave's on Dave's on the Peloton in fucking spandex shorts, listening to Lizzo. Get it, fucking son. That's it, one son. of that's one of those. We songs. were talking about uh, music videos last week. I still think Eric Prides's uh, "Call on Me" is like the hottest music video of all time. Ooh, tight, Do you know what tight. I'm talking about? No, but I'm gonna watch it. You gotta see. Oh, dude, it's like it's set in like uh, 1980s aerobics class, but all the girls are just like 10 out of 10 smoke shows. There you go. I like so. the fact that Dave pointed out there is certain things when you're in the gym and you're listening to music. Like sometimes I'll catch myself saying things out loud. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Like I'm kind of singing along. That's a song that's rough. Like if you're the dude who's in the gym and you're like, "Why well, men great till they gotta be great." And everybody's <laughs> looking at Dave like, like any Nicki Minaj song, she just <laughs> stuff yeah, like yeah. Cardi B. Like I can't be like, "Gob me, swallow me." Like I can't. Yeah, do yeah, yeah, yeah. I put this pussy on your mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. All right. So that's what the fuck we've been listening to this week. Let's go into our first interview. We got Nick Wold from Dreamers, an amazing interview. It's almost a Joe Rogan interview at this point. Let's start talking about aliens and ghosts and all this shit. Let's go with our friend Nick Wold from Dreamers. All right, ladies and gentlemen, on the guest list today, we have Nick Wold from Dreamers. Nick, thank you so much for being here today, brother. First off, I just want to say there's so many collaborations in rock and roll right now that are dropping and yeah. it's hard to cut through the noise. And then you pull out a fucking big boy feature. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. You know, um, it's just as crazy for me as it is for you. <laughs> I, I have to know how because it was it was you, Upsall and and big boy. How the fuck did this yeah. happen? Well, we knew uh, Upsall, uh, you know, I've been writing songs with her. She's just like a total star. She's like crushing the game she's going to be way too popular to talk to me soon um and uh we just asked her to join the song that that's a great vibe big boy um is a hero i you know i was like always a rock and roll guy but outcast was like my favorite hip-hop group in high oh, yeah. school and since the day um so and we knew he had done alternative songs before you know he did that whole album with fanny Graham, but also um he's done some. he did stuff with little dragon who's like a really rad alt band that i love uh, so it was kind of a cold reach out and we just hoped that he liked the song and he did. And he was just like, I, I really dig it. Let's do this. Oh and we were just kind of like, wow. Dude, Hell the, yes. fa the fact that like there's been people I've emailed and I'm like, they'll never fucking email back. And especially like big boy, you yeah. brought up big grams, by the way, that big grams yeah. record is so good. But dude, he came on and so killed right. the, the song's amazing too, by the way. I just want to say and congratulations. He's been doing stuff with killer Mike, who I'm obsessed with as well. Just like his stuff he's doing lately is uh, like really political and like he, he kind of brought like a new level to the song. I feel like the song was like kind of this fun song kind of started as a joke and he made it about like the pineal gland and like co corporate overlords fighting for your brain and stuff. He can't do any wrong, man. It's so <laughs> He's yeah. a fucking icon. And the fact that he just hopped on a song and by the way, the song is great. We're going to get into that later, but I think like looking at it, so you got big boy and you've worked with grandson. You've worked with a lot of different people in the game right now. Is yeah. there like a dream feature for you right now that if you could just send another cold email and get somebody to hop back on a song, like who would you pick? John Lennon <laughs> or Kurt Cobain. Uh, dude, we're going to send like, that email. Oh, yo, yeah. you know, a guy, Dave, remember when we were talking about getting a spiritual medium to get in contact with Bradley Knowles? You ghost? should do that. Would you be down for that? If we like, where, where are you right now? Are you in New York? Me? I'm in LA. You're in LA. Okay. Yeah. We're going to yeah. get to LA. We're going to find, you know, one of those tarot card reading places. Yeah. Like, say like, Oh, come in and spend a hundred dollars. Like we're going to go there 
and we're going to get you on the phone and you're going to write a song with Kurt Cobain. That's a I'll great talk episode. To Brad Noel, Let's do it. John Lennon. That's a great episode. And if the lyrics are really good, we'll know he's for real. Just, just, just me. <laughs> exactly. We actually did this. Uh, we did a promotion for this song. I, I uh, We did one with a, a psychic medium. Come on. And it, it actually got intense because we said we wanted to contact Kurt Cobain. And I was expecting her to be like, you know, he says, song's great. He loves you. But no, she was like, she was like, wait a minute. Like, I'm trying to reach out to him. And he's like surrounded by a really malevolent dark force. And she's like, please leave Kurt alone. Like he's being trapped by a horrible demon and he can't escape uh, this world. So it got really intense. Oh my God. Wait, so you already, you already have the connection. Yeah, you already have the connection. I didn't know already any of this shit. Oh my God. Yeah, dude. So that's your boy now. You wait, 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 down. hold on. What, so dude, you got, you can't stop there. What else happened? So like what dark force and evil demon and all this shit? Like she said he was very vulnerable and open and there that some malevolent force had attached itself to him and she was asking it to leave. Oh my God. That's the heaviest shit alone. ever. You think you're going to do some like light little like social media like shit. Right. You wind up finding out that Kirk Cobain's trapped in another fucking dimension being tortured by demons. <laughs> the, light, yeah. the lights start flickering. Like you're like, all right, we need to get the fuck out of here. Dude. She, she must have listened to In Utero. Bro. <laughs> she knows. I always thought that every single tarot card or palm reader place in LA has to be a drug front. There's no way any tarot card reader can pay LA rent for a commercial place <laughs> off yeah. fucking readings. Like they must be drug fronts. Anyway, that's my Well, they point. are selling overpriced crystals. Did that's you buy some? Mean. Are they behind you? No. Uh, we did another one. I have to, while we're on this topic, with, with a ghost medium who has this radio, radio, radio signal receiver that like says words from random like places and you ask like to the ghosts what and then it says stuff that pertains to what you asked and so we tried to contact jim morrison <laughs> and he trapped in another, another dimension he's stuck yeah, in france and, and a couple of things you know a lot of it comes out kind of like noise and we just ask and we wait for stuff we ask more questions some of them were like amazing like one of them um yeah it's like what is your uh what is your advice for a young artist and it said hero and i was okay. just reading about like joseph campbell and like the hero archetype and stories and all this stuff that jim morrison was into so uh that resonated and then yeah we asked what which one of your songs do you want us to listen to if any and he said it sounded like it said break on through which is this oh. song break on through to the other yeah, side yeah 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 <laughs> bro i was really close to saying like the first one like the 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 medium i was like yo you guys definitely left and she just like laughed to herself and she's yeah. like they bought that they bought that so hard yeah. right <laughs> it's kind of fucked up that i thought we were on to something but clearly nick's is 10 steps ahead 10 of steps us ahead dude 100%. Man, right <laughs> Well, all right, so that's our plan then. Because, all right, so Nick, I'm the lead singer of a band called Fox trying to get down. You obviously know Kenny, and Dave works yeah. at Barstool Sports. We're turning Dave into a rock star. So we're going to come to L.A. So we're going we're gonna to come to L.A., and we're going to have you, the four of us, go. We're going to write a song through a medium, and that's how we're going to make this shit happen. Genius. Count me in. It I'm seems in. like we're, this has already happened, but we're going to make it happen <laughs> again, bro. We didn't write a song. That's a new idea. And we didn't try to contact john lennon or Jimi hendrix so or tupac or kenny tupac alive though well kenny, is, that who you, is that who yeah. you would try yeah kenny who would you try and contact oh biggie smalls for sure man 100 oh, yeah. without yeah. question yeah. man you, you ever seen that song? south park episode yeah yeah bro this is turning into yeah. like a joe rogan episode i'm like yo do you guys fucking believe in like 
ghosts and shit. Do you, Dude, do you have can, you tried DMT? Yeah, we got to do DMT. We bringing DMT up. 100%, dude. Nick, do you believe in aliens? I, uh, you know, I'm uh, skeptical. I believe aliens almost certainly definitely exist. Mm. I'm not as sure if they're here or if these UFOs that the government has seen are necessarily aliens. Could be a lot of other things. Other things I hope like they're what? aliens. I want to see. What are they, weather wanna... balloons, bro? <laughs> bro, let me no, say something. I mean, a lot that of was a... time-traveling humans from the future. Uh, mm. A multiverse impression of our alternate present that we could be in i told you uh, this guy was well read bro your fucking brain so is many a things different could be level. i'm so fucking stupid i'm like nah it's it could be beetlejuice it could be beetlejuice i like how you went with like the politically correct answer to not piss off the aliens if they are there so if they do show up they're like yeah all right he's cool he you know he didn't he didn't talk shit he's he they got to either shit or get off the pot like either they come to earth <laughs> yeah. and like fucking wipe us out or they assimilate preferably with Americans, nobody else, and, like, join forces and give us all their technology. We'll give us our completely underwhelming in technology to them. And then we just, like, make a super team like LeBron and D-weighted shit. Say what you will about Elon Musk, but he said this about aliens a couple months ago where he goes, if there are aliens, why are they so shy? Yeah. I mean, hey, you know, fuck, man. If anybody knows whether or not there's aliens, you know it's Elon Musk. Like, he's yeah, he's an alien. Are you space. kidding me? He is an alien. You he see, is an like, alien. men in black right. where the face opens up and there's a little alien in there moving the joysticks. That's Elon. Right. No right. Doubt. He hasn't quite learned to talk perfectly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> me always want go there. <laughs> All right, hold up. So let's go back into music for a minute here. No. Nick, I, I'm going to the rails. Yeah, fuck you, Kenny. Uh, I, was going, I was going back through your, like, history, right? So you're in yeah. L.A. now, but I was interested to, like, look, and we, we just talked to Fitz in the Tantrum, or Fitz from Fitz in the Tantrum yesterday about this, but, like, nice. you've been well-traveled. You, you, you were in Seattle and then New York trying to get bands through there, and then you wound up in L.A. What's yeah. your story? Like how, did, like, how did you wind up in L.A.? How did you wind up where you are now? Yeah, we're just – it's just been always going where uh, the action is, I guess. I, I grew up in Seattle – um obsessed with 90s grunge learned music there i grew up studying jazz i was like super obsessed with jazz i played saxophone i wanted to play it ever since i was two years old um and so i was kind of like in this mix between like jazz and rock and roll and jimmy hendrix improvisation whatever miles davis um went to nyu for music to study jazz fell in love with new york i was already obsessed with like the strokes and the kind of post-punk rock yeah. revival stuff that was going on at that time uh so that got me into like new york and all the punk music and the history there and that led me to my first band which eventually eventually led to my second band dreamers which led to a record deal in la so we've been like traveling and touring signed a record deal here and just moved out and that was it we've been touring and, ever since and then met kenny we met Kenny. Yeah. yeah, can we talk about that? The how the fuck history. did you how did you meet Kenny? Because I judge you heavily on the fact that you guys know each other. How did we first meet, Kenny? I don't Do you recall? I think I think I think I wrote with Elijah, also known oh, as yeah. American American Teeth, yeah. via Ari Goldstein, his manager, manager, which was your manager. And that's how I wrote with main, mainland mainland, Jordan Topf. Who's also fucking yep. incredible. Anyway, in the songwriting community, especially in LA, it's a really for music, it's strange. It's a really tight knit community. Everybody kind of knows what everybody's doing at all times. And you just link uh -huh. up with like producers and songwriters and stuff and you write tunes yeah. together and hope for the best. We had great sessions. Uh, Kenny is one of those guys who always likes to smoke weed while he's writing. 
Thank you. I've been saying so that for fucking we, months now. We'd smoke weed and we wrote some insane songs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think we had a, we had a, we, we realized we're very similar and have similar senses of humor quickly off the bat uh-huh. became, and just became buds. And I think bro, we that, trust, trust each other. Bro, that's such a big for thing sure. when you're in songwriting sessions too. Like you got to be able to vibe off the person just on a comedic level, because if you can't, there's nothing more mm-hmm. awkward than being in a room with somebody and they just don't have it. Like, like not, they could be a good songwriter, but like the shit won't flow, but yeah. you can't just bust balls or something like that. And, and yeah, you kind of have to understand as, each other. As yeah. Song, yeah, as songwriters, it's like we write songs, Nick included, and everybody, with, you know, with a hundred different people all the time. And it's like, you're not going to vibe with everybody. But when you do, there's this, it's tight. You Like I said, you can trust each other's decisions and and mm-hmm. suggestions. And, you know. So I've ever, like, I could hardly spell my own name, let alone write <laughs> a fucking song. What, like, so you guys always talk about how you write with other people. I wasn't aware that's how it goes in the music industry. So what does like, so like nine to five, typical nine to five job, what does like hour by hour look like? Are you guys just sitting there like, Oh, what about this? What about this? Or are you guys like quiet, like headphones in? Like, how does that yeah. go? Cause I always imagine like, all right, you got the singer songwriter, guitarist, whoever, they're the ones writing the song. Everybody else kind of has to, you know, follow suit. Mm. I think that's probably for someone who's not a musician like how most people think that's how it goes. Imagine. Yeah, I mean, Nick, yeah. you can start off that. Yeah, it's different. In, it's different. And so it's different in like different parts of the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, different people do it different ways. I remember when, when we were in New York, it was like very much more like that. Everyone stayed in their own camps and kind of like wrote their own stuff. And in LA, we just found this super collaborative vibe. Where everyone's like, oh, we meet another band. You're like, let's try writing one together. Let's see what happens. And that's kind of how all our features started happening. We started doing all this stuff with the artists, which to me resonates is like super fun and, and interesting creatively and a lot more like Seattle was in the 90s when I was a kid it was kind of like a scene and all the bands knew each other and did stuff together so um yeah and like I, in hip-hop I hear a lot of the sessions will start at midnight but they won't show up till 2 a.m and they go Hate all night and yeah more like alternative rock like people we like usually meet at like noon or one sleep in and then we go and we just try to start and finish a song together uh that day sometimes it's with someone you never met and you're just like you talk you chat you're like what have you been listening to what do you like you play some songs like oh i love this like what if we did something like that and you just kind of jam and some and then think of lyrics and you hit you say you have to finish it because you set up this session just one one session with this person so it kind of forces your hand and you finish the song how many crumpled up pieces of paper are you like waiting through them by the end of the day we use iPhones, yeah. bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crumpled up iPhones. I'm an old school guy, bro. I'm 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 a pen and paper guy. I'm a fucking weirdo. I don't know why. But nice. Nick, have, Nick, have you ever written in Nashville? I have. I've made a couple trips out there. It's Wrote with the uh, Chase from Coin. I got to write with one of my heroes, which is Angelo Petraglia, who produced all the Kings of Leon, like the first mm-hmm. five Kings of Leon records, which I was obsessed with. Their early records in high school and stuff. There is such a there's a difference between like New York, Nashville, and LA. Na- LA is much more laid back and it's more friends. I do agree that New York people tend to stay in their own their own lane, but the Nashville thing, mm. Dave, is much more of like a. It's like how kind of like they used to write pop songs back in the fifties. There is much more right. of like a built-in industry and more of like a, almost a nine to five thing that goes on there. Okay, you, you can get in a room in uh, NSAI and fucking you know just have people shuffled in and out. And you're writing one after another after another. But people in Nashville generally don't sing their own songs. There's a whole songwriters like community there that 
sell their shit to these bigger stars. Dude, I did a bunch of writing, yeah, uh, right? What do they call it? writing camps in Nashville, where you go out there and you're out there for a week and you write like five songs a day with yeah. different people each yeah. song. And so by the end of the week, you're like, my brain's gonna explode, kind of thing. I really enjoyed the time I got to spend in Kenny's studio with the dogs and the weed. Like that was fun. Although Kenny, Kenny, I don't smoke weed, and Kenny just kept like we'd be in there for the day, and Kenny would just like I don't know if he would forget or he would just see if he could fucking get me to do it, but he would just like light the joint and look at me and go. And I'd be like, nah, man, I'm good. It's cool. <laughs> but not every session goes like that, though. You don't always wind up being boys with the people you write with. You I've wind had up to send people home before. Did you? That's not, yeah, because sometimes it just doesn't. Billy know. Corgan? Billy, <laughs> <laughs> that was a weird fucking three days of my life, but the best three days of my oh, life. Oh, you spent maybe. three days with Billy Corgan. I spent three 10-hour days with me and Billy Corgan and me just like, poking him to tell me more stories because he's the he nobody loves billy corgan more than billy corgan so mm. nobody loves to tell stories about billy corgan more than billy corgan so i'd just be like Perfect. hey that um that guitar tone on zero tell me about it and he's like <laughs> do, do you want to know you know and he'll did this whole two-hour story and in the end it was three sm57s on a marshall cap and you're like Got it. <laughs> Bro, speed that up next time. Well, Nick, here, here's a question. What's your worst songwriting story? Do you have anything where you sent somebody home or you just fucking left and you were like, fuck this shit? Uh, I'm a pretty copacetic guy. I usually, if it goes bad, I'll just kind of like see it through and be like, all right, this was, this was a great attempt. And then this not just hope no one ever hears it. <laughs> you're a fucking middleman, bro. You're already middleman with the aliens and the other people you're writing with. And I respect that. Sure, go back. Right. Just diplomacy. <laughs> exactly. I don't think I've ever had a situation where I like straight up got out of a session, but I brought this up previously, but like there's just those sessions where sometimes somebody comes in and like, I got another right in an hour. Let's see what the fuck comes out here. Like you walk in and the vibe's just bad right away. Yeah. Or they're, yeah, like, yeah. they're like 10 minutes in. They're like, do you care if I go fucking smoke or can I just go grab a you beer? You know what? And if I could say something else as because Nick's on the artist side and I'm on the songwriter producer side. And, you know, sometimes bands aren't, I don't know if it's ready or willing to co-write it's cause it's definitely a thing that a lot of artists are like super precious yeah. about their shit or whatever. Right. Um, but they'll come into me and they don't want to do anything different than what they've ever done before, because this is what we do. And it's refreshing to find people like Nick, who's just like, fuck it. Today is whatever today is, whatever we come up with. That's what today was. Let's just fly and see what happens. And so yeah, like, you got to experiment. Yeah, exactly. And I like my favorite band is probably like Beatles, you know, and they did all kinds of different styles. They had like a rockabilly song and a psychedelic classical song. And like, I'd like to be able to do that and mix it up. But sometimes, uh, you know, on the flip side, like sometimes someone really wants to do something that you don't want to do. And then you're just kind of like, well, okay, we can do that, but the song's not going to come out. Like, I'm the one who's got to release it. Like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, like one time I, I went into a session, I was like, today I just, the only thing I don't want to do is like something from the 80s. Like, I love 80s, but like, well, I don't want to do that. I want to like go to the 90s. I want to write some really grungy kind of like stuff, maybe like the 60s rock and roll. And the guy I was writing with, he was like, okay, here's the thing about that. What I really think we should do is the 80s. And like the most <laughs> 80s song you've ever heard, and he just insisted on it the whole day. So we kind of just ended up with this weird compromise. It was like, okay, See, that's, the that's the psychological, <laughs> that's the psychological torture of, of songwriters and producers is that our job is to push you out of what you normally do or else what the fuck are we doing here? But also not right. to the point that you're not going to release it. Cause then we just wasted both our days. Mm -hmm. And there's this right. like little line between there. 
there is also that thing with with being an artist though working with a certain producer and it might have been a situation with you nick in that situation where that guy for some reason was looking at the charts and being like everything sounds like the 80s we should write something like the 80s so i can take off what you just did there's so much industry that it's like yo you got to be able to look at people for what they are and realize whether or not they're being genuine or whether or not they're fucking trying to make a come up off you real quick and I mean, yeah, and I get it because we're trying to make a hit too. You know, we're like sometimes we're to make writing a song that we want to write, and other times we're like, let's make one that they'll accept at the radio. You mm, know, hell yeah. Well, I mean, too, like Kenny, you bringing up the fact and and talking about kind of like uh, the creative process, but more than anything, the kind of when artists will come in and say like, I don't want to do this, or like I don't want to do something like this, like. Part of what I wanted to talk about today is kind of like, I feel like that might be holding our genre back a little bit. Like if we're talking about rock and roll right now, there's this weird thing where people are either craving for the really old shit, the Greta Van Fleets of the world, and they're, they're going with right. that, or, or they want something that sounds completely different. But I feel like in the community, there's this weird identity crisis right now where like, I don't know whether or not, like, what is rock and roll right now? It's changing, but like, what is it? According to the world, it's whatever's on the alt playlist on Spotify. <laughs> right. <laughs> Allison decides. Exactly. She, yeah, she yeah. does know, decide. You want to know? You go ask her. <laughs> I thought something about that. Like it's definitely. I think it's kind of cool in a way that uh, this new generation kind of doesn't care about genre the way every other generation before did. Like every other generation before was like, you're either punk or you're disco, and if you're in the wrong group, then fuck you. You know, like <laughs> um, now it's like kind of like, dude, we make punk, but it's like got a disco flavor, and like the genres are all mixing. So in a way, that's kind of cool. Um, I don't know. It comes with goods and bad. Goods and no, bad. absolutely. Hard, that, that's absolutely right. It does. There's and a I lot mean, of weird bad mashups and a lot of good ones too. <laughs> that's for fucking sure. We've gone through that a lot. Like with all the collaboration that is going on, it's it's hard to try and wade through and see what's actually good and what's not good because there's so much. There's so much shit coming at us at all times. Only like, time can tell what's good. You look back and you go, "Oh yeah, that was good." And the other stuff, you're like, "Oh, what were we thinking? That was just trendy." <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming the internet, like in Spotify and being able to publish any, like any asshole can publish anything they want to the internet. And yes. it's, so like going back to, we'll use the eighties as an example, cause we just were talking about the eighties. It was it always like that, like to a point where if you want to start a band, you can technically like any four or five, eight people could do that. There no. were more barriers to entry back then. I think there's more bands now than ever before, just cause yeah, you can do it on your laptop. Right. You don't even need to learn an instrument anymore. You don't need to learn guitar. Uh, you don't need to get a record deal. You don't need to pay for expensive studio time. So I think there's probably a little more now. But it was always really competitive. There was always a lot of stuff that never got anywhere and that you just forgot about and never heard about. But that's still, it's kind of more than word I was looking for competitive. Like, what was it? Was it as competitive as it is now? 20 30 40 50 years ago. So well, when you look at like when you look at the gatekeepers to the playlisting, right, which is the new world that that we all live in back in the day it was to make cds to make records to get labels to give you record deals right and there was only a few tells you it's like a little snitch thing Dude, like it's new i don't know what it is siri's just yelling at me trying to tell me that it's recording he's so yeah. it's i guess it's legal reasons i don't know what it is but it i was about to say because imagine me you know imagine <laughs> me and a girl on here late night and, and i'm trying to record it for later on and now i can never <laughs> I can know what I mean? Like, ew, fuck the whole vibe up. Series blowing <laughs> your spot up. <laughs> yeah, recording in progress. Damn, baby, like, relax. <laughs> mind your oh business. My God, <laughs> I, I was telling you this before we came on here, but I've been a fan for a while now, and it really, because I heard your name kicked around Philly for a while before this. Uh, 
we did South by Southwest in Austin in 2019, and we did the same showcase for it was Amplify Philly. And you were one of the first people on, and I'm a nervous pacer in the back when, like, I'm going on. Like, I, I walk around in circles, and you started, yeah. and I stopped what I was doing. And I locked in. Dude, I've been a fan ever since. The live show was fucking incredible. I just needed to say that off the top. Because you did a lot of South by that year, didn't you? You were down yeah, there for yeah, a little while. Yeah, mm-hmm. So we, we came, like, a month well, – we, not a month, I'm sorry. We came a week before mm. um, South by, and then we were there, like, after South by for another week. We was on radio out there. So I was – like, I might as well say I lived in uh, Texas, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, <laughs> and then later on down the line, later that um, later in uh, October, we came back down because we had to play uh, ACL. When they announced uh, ACL, okay. we played ACL. So it was just like, like you know, <laughs> like I, I love Austin. I definitely love Austin at the, you know, at the experience in it. That was real. That was fun. <laughs> Dude, what's funny for me, too, is because I was, like, looking through your touring history, and I saw something that caught my eye. Because I, I make rock music, but I'm a fucking rap historian. I'm a nerd. I need to know everything at all times. Yeah, yeah. And the one thing that I always loved about you, too, is the fact it's your persona online because it is who you are. You're a funny dude. Like, you're, you, yeah. you don't mind being funny online. Like, some people want to, you know, in all genres, want to be one way and try and portray something. You're just who you are. And it reminds me a lot <coughs> of, Vin, of Vince Staples in a way because Vince is such a fucking wild, goofy motherfucker. Yeah. And I saw you toured with Vince. What the fuck was that like? <laughs> it was fun, bro. It, it, was a, it was a real good job. I think um, the, the tour life, though, it's so draining that oh, like yeah. you know we we don't we didn't really have that many like powwow like us just being goofy as hell moments yeah. just because it's like you know it, it's kind of like you're you're running like a machine you're operating oh, yeah. like a machine it's like yo we get on stage we get off stage all right cool i see you in the green room all right bet yo on the, door, on the bus i'm getting on my drone like bet i'll let you the next week you know what i'm saying like it wasn't really um but yeah bro it was it was a fun joint like, he got he got he got some really good uh his fans is really cool and they now they're now my fans are really cool. Exactly. They are fans, though, you know that's man? the beautiful thing about touring too. And I mean, dude, you and Vince run perfectly together. And I think that to me is like the number one thing. Like I find interesting about you is like the shit you did with uh, Chloe Bailey on uh, <laughs> on TikTok. Like you don't mind being yourself. And so much about what we talk about in this podcast is the industry mm-hmm. and, and being authentic. Like, was there ever a time where you were trying to just be a fucking rapper and you weren't like going and being yourself online? Has that been like something that has been like something yes. you grew into? Yes, bro. I'm. I had to learn to be myself again, and that was that was really that was really challenging because we all got this idea of like, yeah, nah, like I don't. For a while, it was like I don't want to be known as the YouTuber that got famous from you being a YouTuber, and then we started trying to rap or the party promoter or the doctor or the car wash yeah. guy, whatever it is. But like, I was just like, bro, look, I'm gonna get it however the fuck I get it. One and two, like, you know, like it, it's just the idea now is because music is so diluted like everybody mm. is doing it. it you know you have to find a way to separate yourself and set yourself apart from everybody and that is like who are you as a person like who's your personality I, like the way i the way i like to explain it i say you take um i don't have one you take a piece of paper you take a piece of paper and it started off as a tree right mm. now this piece of paper or now that tree is a napkin i could wipe my face with it i could i can clean my hands with it I could, it's a dollar. I can spend this dollar. It's a fucking Uno card. Yeah. <laughs> I, could write, I could write a letter. I could send a letter. And it's like, so when I'm, when I'm thinking about all these things, I say, nothing in this world is one dimensional. Mm. So why should I be one dimensional? Why should I be just a rapper? Exactly. Why I be, you know what I'm saying? Why should I be just this one thing? Like, let me do, let me do everything. Let me explore all avenues. Let me just enjoy myself because Nobody's going, he's not about to box me in and just being, oh, oh, he the nigga that rap. Like, 
cool. You know what I mean? Like, I'm also the person who wakes up, goes to the bathroom, takes the yummy, jumps in the shower, just like regular people. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? Dude, and I've been on, like, on this really big currency kick, and I don't know what it is. Yeah. I fucking love currency. But, like, people like currency and Action Bronson and people like that to where you watch them and it's like, yo – they have so many facets of their life. It's like currency is either like smoking weed or he's like working on low riders. He's also an amazing rapper working with the alchemist and Freddie Gibbs. It's like, yo, people want. Action Bronson is a chef. Bro, that's, <laughs> I, that's the kind of career I want. I know as like a, as a musician, like I want to be able to do multiple things. I'm not just, I don't just play the guitar and go home. Like I'm a multiple facet person. Well, so, let me go on a record and say, I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry. No, you're but, good, dude. Let me go on a record and say, um, for a while, people used to like clown me, like, "Man, you make music for white people," <laughs> and, and um, but I'll be honest with you, bro. Like, no, no, not making it black or white, but majority of the white people I know are fucking hip hop historians. All the people I know in rock, all the people I know in EDM, bro, they can they they know so many goddamn Snoop Dogg lyrics. Fucking, they they know this this, this dog pound, Nate Nate Dogg. They yeah. can run me through the locks run me through fucking honest shit. And I'm just like, bro, none of my dogs, like none of none of my other, like my black friends yeah. know this shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's more so what's current. So, um, so I, I don't, you know, like to be honest, bro, it's, it's these white kids keeping these motherfucking bills paid. Keep, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you go to a 21 Savage show, it ain't, it's not a whole, you know, it's not a whole bunch of people that look like me. A lot of them look like you. Bro, as long, to me, like I like I get it from the perspective of somebody being like, oh, it's all fucking white kids, whatever. But like, if you're talking from my perspective, right? Like, I grew up in a house where my dad was uh fucking my dad was a blues musician. My dad taught me to learn everything about everything and know where everything came from. So to me, when I'm like looking at shit, I need to know where it came from and I need to give props to the people who did it that way. I don't know what it is about hip hop and all music in general, but I need to know fucking everything about everything and I need to know yeah. who created it. But that's funny, like. To, to get shit for making music for fucking white kids. Like I don't give a fuck, bro. I made mu I make music for people to enjoy it. I don't make music to be racist, nigga. I don't, I don't yeah. care. Yeah. Like I'm, I said, listen, it was because when I when I was doing it, when I first started getting my little studio sessions in like eighth, ninth, tenth grade, I had one fan. It was my sister. <laughs> like yeah, I would yeah. I would I would finish my songs up, put it on the flash drive, I go over to my sister's house and I dump it all on her computer. And she banging, she called me, yo, like, I like this one song more than that, like, whatever. Bro, like, when it started coming in in droves and all that, like, I wasn't sitting here like, all right, let's weed them out. Like, don't want you, don't want yeah. you. <laughs> like, yeah. nah, bro, because, you know, like, you don't know who, you don't know who resonates with this. I, I know a lot of my fans. I, I didn't, honestly, when I when I did my own headline tour, um, when we, like, when we, when we packed out the, um, when we packed out the Foundry, when we did, like, when we did D.C., New York, and all that, it was all black people. I didn't even realize, like, I was, I was shocked. Yeah, I was shocked. I was like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, but when I go to venues, when I go, like, when I went to see IDK, it's all white people. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I, IDK is dope. Um, that's the homie. Uh, uh, so I go to, I go to see him, you know, shout him out. Whoop, and white kids come up, yo, Armani, can we get a picture? I'm like, oh, shit. They, they no shit. Like Thank you. When I, when I go see Trippy Red, when I go to see Trippy, I'm, I'm a big Trippy Red fan. <laughs> I go to see Trippy Red when I'm leaving out. They like, yo, Armani gotta get a picture of this white kid. And I'm like, bro, look, I don't know how you and you motherfuckers know me <laughs> because y'all are two completely different types of fans, but I'm not gonna be the one weeding y'all out telling you, you can't listen to this and you, you can't like, 
Bro, it's one of the most beautiful fucking things, though, about music is the fact that, like, as much bullshit that goes on in the world, at least there's one place where everybody's kind of cool. Like, we don't have to even think about that kind of shit unless somebody brings it to our attention. That's a fucking beautiful thing. That's a good way to look at things, I think. Exactly, bro. I'm, you know, I'm just out here making the music, and I'm happy that somebody's resonating with it. I don't care who, what they person, what that person look like, because I know what I look like. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know what I stand for. So. Dude, I'm the whitest looking human being alive. But I'll tell you what, if I had <laughs> my biggest fame, if my biggest fan base was like in fucking India, fucking, I'm going to India, bro. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter to me. Like, first mm-hmm. off. I don't think any of us are at a fucking stage where we can start picking and choosing who fans are. I'm down for everybody, bro. I don't give a shit who you are, what you look like. If you like our music, that sounds great to me. That's another step in the right direction for me. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, bro. I don't, you know, like, as long as you ain't doing nothing to hurt anybody, that I, you know, like, like or, or doing anything that I, I socially stand against, like, you know, during the, whole, during the whole Black Lives Matter shit, I definitely lost a couple fans. Um, bro, I, I, and I, said, and I said, look, I'm gonna pack the bags for you, bro. Don't even worry about it. Dude, <laughs> that's the biggest thing that we have. Fuck out of here. <laughs> well, one of my biggest things was like, if somebody was to say to me, like, yo, you shouldn't post that, it's like, fuck you. Like, what do you mean I shouldn't post that shit? Like, if, if the person wasn't gonna like what I was gonna say, they weren't gonna be my fan anyway, because I'm a real person. So if you don't like exactly. me for who I am, like, get the fuck out of here. I don't care. Exactly, bro. I'm not worried about this shit. I mean, let me ask you a question, yo, with what's going on in hip hop right now, like, who mm-hmm. are you finding yourself gravitating towards? Like there's cause hip hop for like of all genres is probably the most oversaturated right now. Cause I mean, a lot of oh, these labels sure. are making their fucking money off hip hop, but like, who are oh, you right sure. now through everybody? Like, what have you been listening to recently? Um, I couldn't tell you what really came out this past year, like in 2021 that I like yeah. that, that really stuck with in hip hop. Uh, <clears throat> I think that new J Cole album is dope. Um, but, uh, I know in 2020, just because I had so much hype, I had to listen to it. And like, and I guess it caught me on the right there. It was like a morning. I woke up at 5 a.m. and I was running and I heard it. And I was like, God damn, this shit kick. Like this, it was like straight run through was a a, a turn or a take that Uzi album. Dude. That was my shit. <laughs> yeah. That I was just, my shit 2020. You want to talk about someone who's just themselves? I don't think Uzi's from this planet. First off, exactly, I just want to say that. Bro. He's definitely not. But that, that album was fucking fun. Like, it was just a fun album. Yeah. Talk, like, I love the Cole album. And what's really weird is, like, I was so hyped. I'm like the the J. Cole fans in the videos where it's like, I fucking defend everything he does. Yeah. Like, I, I die hard since the warm up. Like, I don't give a shit. But, like, it's weird the fact that I was so hyped for that. But, like, I've listened to it a thousand times in like two weeks and I'm already done with it. Like, I'm like, what's next? When's he putting the next thing? But, that, yeah, and that, that's the thing about, that's the thing about music at this point is like, I don't. To be honest, which I'm gonna say this to you, I haven't said this to anybody else. Yeah. I'm not that excited to put projects out anymore because I just know the climate. I know the climate, mm-hmm. and I, I and I know the climate because I say I, I try to tell this to every homie I got who's a rapper or whoever. I say, look, you should understand consumers more than anybody because you are one. Exactly. And you, and, and you should know how you take in music, how you take in content, how you just take in anything. As of right now, it's like. If I want something, I'm going to go get it. And once I got it, I'm done with it. I might want something else. You know what I'm saying? So, I, like, I, I'd rather put out a single and have y'all, have y'all go crazy over it and want the next single and want the next single. And then y'all can keep talking about, oh, when's the project coming? Yeah, I, I'll even play along. Fuck it. Yeah, it's coming. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, dude, the whole thing is you can do a whole campaign based off one single. You can do content for days across all these platforms for one single. You put a record out and you blow your load on fucking 10 to 12 songs and it's like yo you just wasted like eight of those songs because people are going to look for the singles that's exactly what they're looking for exactly bro. Sucks. i love albums like i love albums i fucking yeah. do but as far as what we're doing like 
I just want to put out songs piece by piece so people can digest what it is that we're doing. And that's that's a like that's exactly my point on it. Listen, bro, put it out. Put it out like you could find a creative way to put an album out, right? Mm. You could rust it or you could just matter of fact, you could you could literally say, Yo, I'm gonna drop this album in 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 this segment of one by one. I'm going to track one, track two, track three, track four, y'all to death. But you can listen back. We let like like the way I was talking about doing my next project. If I did one, I was like, not if I did one, it's gonna happen. But like, right. but I was like, I, I was like, if I was like when I'm when I'm putting it together, I want to put it together like an episodic. I was I was watching Breaking Bad at the time, and I was like, oh, damn, right. I keep going back to Breaking Bad, and I can I can binge watch this shit. So what is what's the difference between this and music? I can put when this when this dropped it dropped as an episodic it didn't exactly. it didn't netflix its way onto the screen with like with 10 10 songs or 10 uh episodes already done it dropped as an episodic when i watched it i got to go through the whole thing oh, and you binged it straight through yeah i binged it straight through however when everybody else who loved the show watched mm. it when game of thrones dropped when when i just watched uh, uh snowfall when it just dropped i had to watch it as an episodic i had to wait till sunday i had to wait till sunday wait till sunday Dude. so yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I don't mind. I would even track one, track two, three, four, five, y'all, the way like that, and just, yo, look, hey, this is what it is. You dig what I'm saying? Cause, dude, you could build a story out of that. You could build a fucking story out of that. And I mean, even look at like, look at Philly, where we're from, right? Who's the mm-hmm. last person to do something absolutely groundbreaking with an album and come up off it like that? Tierra Whack. She did the one, the one minute, completely visual fucking album, and the industry was like, I don't know what this is, but this is gonna be the biggest thing ever. And look at her now; she's working with Beyonce. Like, it's absolutely. A, if you're gonna do a record, you have to do it creatively, unless you're in a situation where you are Cole, where it's like, I gotta drop one thing every two years, and people are gonna lose their minds over it. But like, it's even like I'm a huge, I love Future. Future drops full length records constantly, but even when like High on Life came out, I listened to it once, and I was like. A week later, I was like, damn, I wonder when Future's going to drop another album. I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, my brain is fried. Like, this is, this is ridiculous. Hey, how you feel about that, uh, that, that, that Future Lori Harvey situation? <laughs> but like, I, feel I just like- fucking love Future. Like, I love the fact that he keeps it going. She's obviously happy with Michael B. Jordan. Like, let her go do her thing. But, like, it's Future. Of course he's going to bring it up time and time and time again. First off, it's great for his brand. Second off, it's fucking entertaining as hell. But she don't right. care. She's with Michael B. Jordan, the sexiest man alive. Like he doesn't give a shit either. Listen, I, I think I, I look at it like this. No, no disrespect to future. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you got me laughing right even say I think I think of it like this, like like no matter who you are, if you walk in a bar and you walk in a bar and Say, you know, you and you, you, you with your girl, you go to the bathroom, you come back, your girl arguing with a dude, she all in his face, and she like, my boyfriend, he gonna fuck you up, <laughs> Colin gonna fuck you up. And you gotta pick your battles. You said, no, baby, I'm not going to. But he said, oh, said yeah. nah, we, we, we should get out of here. Yeah, we're just gonna get I out feel, of here. I'm sorry for your problem, dude. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like Future, like, don't get me wrong, Future had to run, you know, Future had one of the craziest runs of trap oh, yeah. music. Um. But I was watching this video of Future, like, like I was watching a video of Future. He's running around with his shirt off, playing soccer with some girls. <laughs> it's him and Uzi, and I'm looking at Michael B. Jordan in this movie. And granted, Michael B. Jordan might not be like the most profound actor, but like <laughs> he and this Jordan rippling muscles and biceps and triceps, yeah. and he's beating these niggas up all in the jail. <laughs> I said, Yeah, you just gotta pick your battles, man. Not to say that they won't fight each other, but like, 
Yeah, if, I mean, you're, if you're going to put Future and Michael B. Jordan in a ring together, first off, we've seen what Michael B. Jordan can do. He's fucking Creed. <laughs> not to worry yeah, about I forgot about that. <laughs> Dude, look. I, what, I wouldn't be talking about that. I'm just talking about when the chick is like, I got to pick my poison. And yeah. she look at, like, she look at the trap nigga with all the baby moms. And, you know, and then she look at the dude who's super in shape, actor, wholesome, healthy, this and that. And it's like, come on, my man was in Black Panther, bro. The nigga was in Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> but he's Killmonger, bro. He's Dude, he's li- he literally got voted the sexiest man alive this year. Not to mention the fact that, like, yo, did you watch that movie, the action movie he was in? The more, re- the more recent one where he's in Lauren there, right? London. Yeah, when he's in Lauren London. Yeah, that's what I was talking that's what I was talking yeah, about. That's what he I'm saying. Himself, beating him in the ass. Dude, he's fucking, he's going to be the biggest actor. First of all, I do agree. I think Michael Jordan, I'm going to get shit for this too. I think Michael Jordan or Mike, Michael B. Jordan is Michael always Jordan. Yeah, yeah. reading off a fucking cue card at all times. Like every time <laughs> he says something, like every time I see him say something, it reminds, you know Paul Walker, the dude who was in Fast and the Furious? I always, yeah, I know, yeah. Paul Walker always looked like he was reading off a cue card. And I say the same thing about Michael B. Jordan. And I love the movies he does, and he's obviously killing it in life, but I'm just like, can we just admit that maybe he's not like the best actor ever? Like it's okay. Yeah. To say <laughs> yeah. No. Listen, man. I, I. I ain't. I'm not disputing it. I'm not. I mean, that, <laughs> all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, it's, it's a, it's a tricky situation when you, you know, when you got, like you said, sexiest man alive, be not the best actor, but uh, you know, dude, but um, good dude overall. Yeah, but 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 yeah, but good good stand up stand up citizen versus. The trap nigga who praises being toxic. It's just like I don't know, bro. Like, like, like I feel like you, you know, you. It's on. It should be on brand. It's on brand for you to be like, you know, me being messy. But it's also on brand for you to pick up and move on. I don't know. I'm entertained though. I'm, I'm enjoying myself. That's the thing. Uh, entertaining <laughs> as hell. And the thing is, like, certain people you look for personal growth, right? You look for people to change and grow. I don't look for that in future. I know what I'm getting for future for the past nah. ten years. Just keep doing your thing. Yeah. It's not affecting me. It's fucking hilarious. So just keep going. I like yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Because, like, we're going to get into Danny Mac in a minute. But, like, I'm looking at, like, what's yeah, happening yeah. over the past year, right? Because we're in a pandemic. There's so much shit going on. Yeah. Well, let me run through some of the accolades real quick. So you got Patrick Mahomes sharing your songs. You got commercials. You're in 2K. You got billboards. You got radio. And you got 200,000 monthly listeners on Spotify. Yeah. What what the fuck has this been like? This is a run right here. This is amazing. I can never fit my accomplishments in the bio. <laughs> they just so amazed. <laughs> uh, are, you, um, are you quoting yourself right now, dude? Yeah, man. Come on. You know what's going on. I, I um, bro. I I like you know. It, for most people, you know, like I had a really shitty 2020. Not really a shitty. Like it was just that that we had that situation where we got we had our uh, house fire. Yeah. House fire turned into a arson charge, mm. and that just kind of like it knocked me down. And I was like, man, like I don't know, like like I've the one thing I've always said is like, bro, like you know, if you gonna if you gonna put me on my pockets, bro, like the 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 hardest thing to do is to stand back up. And when I stand up, I'm gonna stand tall. I don't care what's going on. If you knock me down and I gotta stand back up, I'm gonna stand tall. I ain't gonna be wobbling. I ain't gonna. You're not gonna see me sweat, bro. I'm gonna get back up, man. You want you want to. Get, it, no matter how hard you hit me, I said, you got to try a little harder, son. You got to try a little harder. <laughs> Dude, I mean, because most artists, like most of us, like lost our fucking touring. We lost everything. That whole thing we, we all have been building towards. And it's like, you know, you feel like you're about to pop. Like you're starting to get these festival spots. You're starting to move and all this shit's happening. And then all of a sudden the world stops. And you're just like, right, I guess I got to take this one in the ass. But at the same time, like talking about all the good <laughs> shit that's happening to you. And then you got to deal with that situation. 
the fact that you already notice, you're like, all right, first off, when good things happen, bad things are bound to come around the corner. It's the way Absolutely. life goes. That's the fucking world. That's Absolutely. God's plan in a weird way. But at the same time, <laughs> to watch what it is that you've done, post that, and keep moving your feet and keep doing what you're doing, it's fucking inspirational. It's like literally the number one reason I wanted you on this podcast because I love watching you do what you do. Thank you. God bless me. Yeah, it, this is only been a four month run honestly like you know what i mean it only been like a four or five month run but all this has just been piled up on top of each other and we just kept the ball moving it's like perfect timing though for when we come out of this though and it Absolutely, was yeah. it was so much of what we talked to we like i said we i told you this before we talked to like the food fighters we talked to like all these huge bands all these huge people and they were all like we don't even know what the fuck is going on so it's really going to be when we come out of this it's who kept their feet moving for this entire time you, you could not have stayed stagnant and felt ba- like sorry for yourself for 18 months and expect to come out and be where you were before you went in. That's that's how that's how a lot of it looked, though. That's oh, how yeah. a lot of it looked for a lot of people. It was just like, oh, no, nah, I don't know what I'm about to do. Maybe I should just fall back into this make sense. Of, uh, nah, you nah can't that ain't do me, that. bro. Dude, that if ain't me. You, if it's in your blood, this is what, what you're put on earth to do. You can't even do that. Like, I, I, dude, you would have had to put me in a fucking mental, mental institution if somebody <laughs> told me to chill. Yeah. See, the pandemic was it was tricky for me because I'm. Um, we spent all of 2019 touring. If I could have did it, if I could have did it the other way around, I would have did 2018 touring, 2019 right. content because you know, like then we would have walked into 2020 on some like you know, like we already doing content, might as well keep it rolling. But exactly. We had we had spent all of 2019 touring, and then we dropped the project at the end of it, a project that was done in 2018. But we just couldn't. I couldn't sit down to really just put the put the plan together of how I wanted to roll this out while I was on tour. Um, right. So uh, uh, I was like, all right, it's cool, man. We dropped this project. Now we're going to hit the road. We're supposed to go back on tour. Uh, we're going to do a college uh, tour. I was like, it's cool. We're going to hit the road. Then we're going to drop the deluxe. And boom. And then we just right back into more content, like whatever, whatever. And that parked us. Like, they just shut everything down. Anything I said before the pandemic, it's almost like, it's, <laughs> it was like, because, you know, like when, when you drop music in, in December or November or whatever, if you drop it in and then the day of December 31st, or like that's like that's when that music still matters. When it hits January 1st, done. Yeah, it don't matter if you dropped it on the 31st. Done. When matter. it hits January 1st, that was all last year. And that means it's a year old automatically. And I've I learned that lesson the hard. When I used to tell my like my management management back in the day, just being like, yeah, let's just because I'm the I'm in the camp of just being like, if I made it and I want to drop it now and I have the radio to back it up and we have all this shit done, I'm not sitting on it. Fuck that. I have more that I can make. And they're like, yo, it's December 14th. If you can wait like two more weeks, it's a whole content, dude. But well, so let's get into the single. Let's get into Danny Mac. So I heard this is when I hit you up when I heard this. Cause I saw all the promos with the Tesla and then I actually heard the song come out and I hit you up and I was legitimately just like, dude, what the fuck is this? It's just, it's bars for three and a half minutes. There's no hook. And the nah. video is fucking outstanding. Dude. How did it come together? Who produced it? Where'd you cut it? Like what was the point um, behind this? The homie, uh, hunger. He's out, out in Compton. He produced it. Uh, I actually, he produced it for one of my, um, one of my other friends. Um, um, but he was over my crib, Sean Smith. He was over my crib playing beats. Shout out to Sean Smith. Dude, I yeah, love Sean Smith. Sean Smith's my dog. He was over my crib playing beats. And I heard that one. And I was like, yo, what you doing with this one? He said, hey. he said, man, I don't know. I never really thought about it. You know, like, if you want it, you can have it. I said, yes, I want this. And so, you know, I'm at the studio. Uh, I'm at the studio. I just wrote a whole bunch. I just drafted up a whole bunch of bars. Like, a lot of times when I, when I like, just feel out of whack, out of, out of my spirit, I just watch battle rap. <laughs> and, um... <laughs> And I just, as I was watching Battle Rap, I went down to the studio and just started writing 
um, like I, I wrote, it was probably at least like another five minutes worth of lyrics yeah, yeah, that yeah. was for that record that I just, that didn't make it. But um, I did what I did and put that on there, boom. And I just called my brother down to the studio. My brother always like coming to the studio. Uh, that's Dan, Danny Mac. He like always comes to the studio just to like, you know, be there, vibe, whatever. Or sometimes he just gets on the mic and he just start yelling shit. <laughs> and uh, and that was one of the records where he just Is got he on yelling there. Shit in the, is that that's him yelling shit in the background? Yeah, oh, that was him okay. yelling shit in the background. So I was like, fuck it, nigga. We might as well name this after you. Uh, <laughs> and um, yeah. I've, uh, cause I, I'm dead serious. Like the first thing that caught me, right? I jokingly said this to one of my boys. I was like, yo, Armani White sounds like if you gave Isaiah Rashad speed. Like, your vocal, <laughs> your vocal tones remind me of each other in a way, but he's so fucking southern and drawn out, and you, like, you're fucking raspy, but you're, like, going for it. And I was like, dude, if they could just, like, find a way to give Isaiah Rashad speed, it would kind of remind me of Armani White. Yeah. So, that's a high compliment, too, because I fucking love Isaiah Rashad. But, for sure, I appreciate that. Cause did, you, did you get to get this one to Cosmic Kev? Bro, Cosmic Kev found it on his own. I didn't That's even a, give it to him. <laughs> I fucking knew I heard that shit on the radio, too, yo. What the was that like is, for you, yo? The great thing is, be honest with you, all the way honest, I never heard it on the radio. Really? My thing is, my thing is, by the time you reach your peak, you find a new mountain, and you keep yeah, working. 100%. And I, and I, and, and I, I, I was just working all the time. I don't have a radio in my house. Mm. So I, and I don't have, like, I, like, the times I would sit, take time to sit, it, you know, sit aside and Play and like just play the radio because I was like, I'm gonna hear it tonight. I know I'm gonna hear it tonight. Oh, yeah. I would never hear the shit. Everybody else called <laughs> me. My little bro in jail, he called me. He like, yo, I just heard you on the radio. <laughs> ah. And I'm like, damn, but I never, I never heard it personally on the radio. I was sick about it. But I like, now that, now that that's established, Cosmic Kev, he, he be blowing my phone up. So now that that's established, like, it's for sure going to be a lot more stuff that I'm going to do with him that I'm, that I'm, you know, he's probably going to play a bunch more records and I'm going to do for him because, you know, like I, I've been, I've been wanting that since, you know. <laughs> Dude, I mean, that's to me, like, that's my childhood. That's how I learned so much through Cosmic Kev. Yeah. You're watching all the old Meek freestyles in there and you're watching all. Exactly. I mean, that, exactly. that's, dude, I found Big Sean through Cosmic Kev freestyle when Big Sean was high as fuck in there doing this long ass freestyle and that's how i found big sean yeah. i'm a white dude from the northeast like that shit means a lot to me i can't imagine what it means to be for in your situation to where like you were like i want to get to that place and then you got it and now it's like now it's just that's just my man now yeah for sure for sure i mean listen i, I like it is that's the that's the, that's the thing about working hard though like i'm pretty sure you can understand this is like when we're kids we want so much like mm. when when you when you first jump in, into the shit you want so much but you don't realize that it's like, you know, it's almost like when people be like, yo, look, if you want to be a, if you want Kanye West to fuck with you, just be yourself. Don't try and make music that Kanye West is going to fuck with. Just be yeah. yourself. And if Kanye West, like, and then, you know, you, you realize this is an analogy, but like you, you just be yourself so long, you, Tyler, the creator, you be yourself so long that Kanye can't help but be like, damn, that's dope as hell. But and when it happens, it's just another thing. It's, yeah, it, exactly. and it, it, I mean, it's not, it's not like, it's not like you're less excited about it, but you like, Oh, this is another step onto a long road of successes or a long road of bucket list of checkoffs that you like. I wanted this as a kid. And that's how the cousin Kev thing when it happened. I was like, like they they called my man, my man Mike called me on the phone. Him and Mike, uh Mike and Kev go way back. Mike called me on the phone. He said, um, he said, Yeah, man, that cosmic Kev shit was crazy. And I'm like, Yeah, man, now all I need to do is get on there, do a do the uh, you know what I mean, do the come exactly. up shit freestyle. But listen. I said, all I need to do is do the cover show freestyle. And I hear another voice on the phone like, well, what's up with it? When you trying to come? Oh, said, we was no! there? Oh, I shit. Said, no! <laughs> I said, 
<laughs> First off, yo, your boy's a dickhead too, because yo, you could have said some other shit to me. Like I didn't hear it. I don't even give a fuck. Fuck. Right, right. You could have just blown that whole shit up. But no, he knew I was excited. He knew I was on some shit. Let me ask you a question. Has there been anybody who you have been in a room with or you've been on the phone with or you got offers from to like do a feature for or anything like that? That was like a moment where you had to step back and be like, is this real? Like, was it Red Rocks? Was it the Vince tour? Like, what was it for you? Um, but I like honestly, I'm I'm a big ass kid, and like a lot of this. So like the cosmic cat thing, everything that happens, there's the moment where I'm like, get the fuck out of here, uh, yeah. like 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 every that's literally everything, and then I have to I have to snap myself back and like Ugh, like smack yourself, like nah, we back, we back. But that's how I know you're a real guy though, because like I hate when I say that to people, and they just act like everything's regular. They act like everything's normal. It's like, dude. Be real with me for a second and say that you like shit your fucking pants when this happened. Like you can say that. That's what everybody wants because that's what everybody wants to hear. I don't want to hear a canned answer. I want right. you to say I had to fucking slap the shit out of myself because that was so crazy. Yeah, like see that like I like um some of the things that like that look really cool wasn't as cool for me. Like Red Rocks wasn't as cool for me only because um I got asthma. So uh, <laughs> yeah. it was two two shows I've done in my life. One was Red Rocks, another one was uh some festival that was in like uh, uh Lake Tahoe or some shit. Um any elevation in your phone. Yeah, I've yeah. never been that high up in my life before. So I had an asthma attack at Lake Tahoe, but with um with um uh uh well, what's the name I had my inhaler with uh with Red Rocks, I had my inhaler, but even still I was just like I was fighting for air the yeah. entire performance. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But um but I know Snoop Dogg followed me like a month ago, See, yeah, and that... I was losing my fucking mind, bro. <laughs> I said, no, no way, that's Snoop Dogg. We need to get you on the Snoop Dogg News Network, the the G yeah, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. get you on there. I, that would be fun. Well, do you smoke? Is my question. I don't smoke. I don't. Okay, smoke. then I don't even know how you'd make it out. There. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I don't know Somebody how you tap in for me. <laughs> All right, so my last question before we go into the song, because like I'm interested, like kind of to know where you're like. Your stylistic background comes from because I'm I'm interested because like you can obviously wrap your ass off, but I like a lot of the things you do melodically. You'll harmonize with yourself. I like that. Like, what was the first hip hop record or just first record in general? It doesn't have to be rap. I don't give a shit. What was the first record as a kid that you listened to or you got from somebody else where you were like, "Holy shit, I think I can do this." Like, what was your first moment? The the songs I remember if I if I could make a playlist of songs I remember as a kid. One was. Um, it was James. It was a bunch of James Brown songs. It's not even one that I could name, but um, like, uh, yeah, there's a bunch of James Brown songs, um, <laughs> like albums, and like the whole Sex Machine album. Um, uh, Kirk Franklin Stomp, and then Kill <laughs> Kill You Eminem. Oh, okay. I remember that. I remember that vividly. That was what really <laughs> got me into rapping in the first place. Um, the ch- was it Chicken Head. Or whatever the the um the uh I got a that uh, pocket full of cash just get a oh, fat yeah, old ass yeah, the ludicrous yeah. John ludicrous yeah, yeah. Um, I was just gonna say it has but, to be ludicrous yeah and, but it was it's another ludicrous song too I can't remember the name of it but uh uh these two ludicrous songs I always heard those as a kid but um but I just grew up around I grew up in church mm. um I grew up in church and I like it was two different types of churches a regular like traditional Baptist church but I grew up in another church called uh a house of prayer and that's like where james brown like you know a lot of those um just different those type of soul artists learn how to sing and they all most most house of prayers at least all the ones i went to they all have a brass band oh okay um and my so my grandfather he played um i don't know i think he played trombone at uh at the house of prayer in philadelphia he, he, he trained a lot of different like really big musicians now 
Um, he, he taught them how to play bone. And then, like, just a lot of my family, they all play horns. They all play horn instruments. Sure. So, so I, yeah, I just grew up around it. I never picked up a horn myself, but yeah. I grew up around it my entire life. So that kind of, it's just like this, I, this idea to be, <clears throat> to be chaotic, but be chaotic in unison. <laughs> chaotic, chaotic in harmony. That makes a lot of sense for what you do. Yeah, and that's so that's how that's how I'm right. when I think of the music, I always think of just like being really chaotic and or obnoxious, but in unison. Like you yeah. still have some harmony to it. Um, but yeah, that's that's like the real background of all of the music. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense actually. But my only thing that like if I could do one thing for you, because if this is a situation you never run into, I want to make this happen. We need to get you the chance fucking kirk franklin spoken word over top of the end of, like or like ultralight prayer we need to get kirk franklin to just talk over the end of one of your records like it doesn't even have to yeah. be a fucking religious song i just want kirk franklin talking shit on the end of one of your records that'd be hard that'd be crazy kirk franklin was just talking shit to his son you've seen that clip yo that was amazing <laughs> he said i'll break your fucking neck <laughs> and i just love the fact that he came out after and he like apologized and everything and i was like he should have just stood on that you should yeah. apologize right dude. fuck that shit man he's <laughs> talking about my son is 30 Three years old. Okay. <laughs> he sounded so tired. He's yeah, like, over this shit, man. Kirk, that's the hard part about being like being anything that being Chance, being Kirk Franklin, being like I was just talking to me and my me and my pastor was uh, my pastor was over. Here. I had him record for a song, and I'm like, bro, when you are a person that people like have you uphold you to this certain caliber, mm-hmm. like this prestige, where you're like almost not even a human being or a exactly. regular person. It's yeah. so hard for you to like, you know, like the moment they see a chink in an armor, they like, ah, this is, you know, they're like. <laughs> Dude, I feel bad for Chance in a certain perspective because I fucking fell in love with Chance back in college. This is 2013. No, you know what I mean? And then like, I love coloring book, but you could start to see this patina get put over top of it to where it was like, this isn't the same thing it used to be. Like I was happy for him and I love coloring book. And then the big day happened and it was like, all right, <laughs> I don't know where we're going now. Yeah. It was funny. I was talking to Chill Moody about this. We had Chill on the podcast recently, mm-hmm. and we were talking about Atlanta. We were talking about, uh, oh my God, what's the Chance knockoff character in Atlanta? Did you? Know oh that? yeah, yeah, Cumber- I can't. Like, yeah. Cumberland County or whatever. The fuck yeah, 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 yeah. And he, he, I like for me part because I know that Gambino like kind of put Chance on. So I was like, I don't know if that was like a loving jab, and he was like, Nah, it definitely wasn't. And like yeah. looking back at it now, I'm like. It, it's it's weird. The whole chance thing sucks because I really want to see him do well, but I almost feel like we're not looking at the same person at this point. It kind of sucks. Yeah, the, the 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 whole situation that happened with his with his manager was um yeah that was tricky. I, I I try to mind my business about you know um certain people like like on air like I try to mind my business about 100%. certain people. You like gotta, uh, you got to uh, play politics a little bit here. You never yeah, know who yeah, you yeah. might bump into. Right, all right, but uh, so like I, I know I met um I, I know a bunch of people from from uh the social experiment side of mm. things um and then just a lot of different chicago homies like uh um i, I did my little i did my bid in chicago at lollapalooza's <laughs> so, um, <laughs> um and uh but like i know you know I, I just i know there's it's 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 like a heart your heart's in the right place type of thing mm-hmm. on a lot on both sides i would imagine from like from the outside looking at, i don't know chance personally but like from the outside looking and i'm like damn it looks like people's hearts is in the right place and it just you know it, it's a mix up and a mess up of communications with a lot of different things like especially the situation with his manager and i can only imagine like i can only imagine being in a position that chance is in where he is like chance chance had a promise like it was you know yeah. when chance popped out it was like oh shit like 
what I do with the Happy Hood music. Chance mm. was like like that before, you know, like like it was, and uh, it, it kind of <clears throat> it it made his hot air balloon go up so fucking high yeah. that it was like, what do you do after this? Like when um when um when when Frank Ocean dropped Blonde. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like the hot air balloon went up so fucking high. It's like, what do you do after this? Not, not blonde. I'm sorry, not blonde. Uh, Channel Orange. Channel Orange. Yeah, and then yeah. blonde came after. Right, I love blonde, but but um, so. but um, you know, so so once Coloring Book came out, yeah, it might not have been as great, but it got praised as if mm. it was because people just wanted something new. People were just like itching for something new from exactly. Chance the Rapper, and then. If you don't like, you know, if there if there's a cloud, I feel like that might be over you. Um, whereas though you're not, you know, you're not in the right headspace, or maybe you don't even have a second to really pull back and be like, all right, let me recalibrate, let me get back together, like yeah. let me keep going the way I need to go. If you just going and going and going and just running the machine, now you trying to like you trying to run this tour, you trying to do the independent yeah. life, you trying to start a family, you trying to do all of these different things. Um, the music kind of takes a backburn. I feel like you don't have you know, a lot as we as we grow and elevate, we don't have as much time to put into this shit. You know, hundred percent, like, especially again. in his situation, to where he is a family man, he cares about that side of his life, and mm -hmm. that was one thing I, I like. That was one piece of criticism for the big day that pissed me off when people. I literally got married like three weeks after the big day, <laughs> so that shit hit me. Like my first listen, I was like, "Yo, he's talking to me." Like this is literally about my life, and I loved it. And then it, I sat with it for a little while, and I went back to acid rap, which is not fair to do. It's not to go back and dig through somebody's old catalog and compare it because it's a different stage in life yeah but at the end of the day i'm not gonna judge anybody based on their business i'm not gonna judge them based off what happened to his manager i wasn't there it's none of my fucking mm -hmm. business right 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 but nothing would make me happier than for him to come back and do something different and then have this re everybody loves a good comeback story dude that's the, like, the oldest story in america we love a good yeah, comeback yeah, story. yeah, yeah. So, now, i mean be, listen if, if 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 it inshallah if it work out i would try and executive producer shit like i'll be like listen like I, you know like I, <laughs> let me help out bro you know what i mean like I, I, it's exactly what you're saying like i you know i don't know where he's at i don't know if he needs the help but like it's just man if you could like i made my best music because i didn't want to make it alone you know like i mm. like i made certain records alone but then when i realized i needed help when i realized i needed to reach out and extend Hell and get yeah. other opinions and shit like that that's when i feel like i really started to get into my creative space where i was like Damn, I'm doing something. I watched um when they did that Dr. Dre album, uh, uh for oh Com the for, Compton album, yeah, the Compton, yeah. And they like in those in those sessions they did Dre's album, they did some of Kendrick's records, they did Anderson, Anderson Pack. Pack's album, yeah. they did all all of that in those same sessions. And I was like, man, like that's what it feels like to be in a room with a bunch of people being creative. Everybody's able to bounce off ideas. That was how I made Keep in Touch. I was just yeah, I I mm. bought every little. I was I was meeting. Like jazz musicians and players on the street downtown. I just I would I met a trumpet oh, player. I mean, I'm not a trumpet. I met a, I met a saxophone player, string player. I met um just a bunch of different singers. All of these people I met them downtown, just like singing outside, Rittenhouse Square, out front of the uh, um out front of the Liberty Place. All that. I said, Yo, what y'all doing, man? Y'all want to come out of the studio, dude? You know what I'm saying? That's the ASAP Rocky Joe Fox thing when he was making uh, Long Live ASAP. He met that dude homeless on the street in London, pulled him in. He was featured on like six songs. Yeah. That's what it's. And we, we had a good conversation earlier in the podcast uh, with Nick from Dreamers talking about collaboration in rock music because that's going on a lot right now. Actually, it's mm -hmm. basically just Travis Barker from Blink 182, but that's yeah. a whole other story. But it's like, 
I know for myself, I thrive when I'm in Nashville or when I'm in LA or when I'm in Philly and I'm getting to just sit down and write with different people. I need to be able to pick different people's brains. And that's the chance thing to where you see him now, he's insulating himself with like his, his family or now his managers and people he's working with. I want to see him yeah. stretch his legs, dude. Go work. Do what Lil Yachty did and just go work in Detroit. Go just do something completely off the wall different. See what happens. Exactly. You never know. Exactly, bro. What's a, exactly. Who's a producer you want to get in the studio with? Um, I don't know. Uh, like I like I like I like a lot of different producers. Um, damn, I wish I had that that one off the bit. Tyler Tyler Creator is really dope at producing. Uh, I would like to I would like to just get in the studio with him and just like you know like I was just like kind of so many different chord choices, dude. So many yeah, choices. Like I would like to just get in the studio and uh, me and him just like kind of you know ping pong back and forth. But I, I I know a lot of a lot of production. I really wanted to get in with like the producers I consider like real producers. A lot of production is like kind of we you know like following the sound that's high or following a you know um. And and uh, matter of fact, my another one of my another one of my um guilty pleasures. This is not even guilty for it. I fucking love this guy. The white rapper named um uh Young Gravy. Oh my and, god! Uh, <laughs> I fucking love Young Gravy. That was not what I expected. I thought you were gonna say Macklemore. I was gonna be like, I didn't see that coming. Whatever. Or Chet Hanks. You're fucking Tom Hanks. Yo, listen. Let me let me tell you. Okay, first of all, I love Chet Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Josh Dick is one of my good guys uh, as uh, Macklemore's manager. Um, and I text him this all the time. I'm ready to die on this hill. Uh, Can't Hold Us is one of the greatest rap songs It's a great ever. fucking song. I feel bad for so Macklemore, dude. I do because <laughs> I'll still stand up and say there are good songs on that album that beat out Kendrick. Like, I'm not going to act like there isn't. Like, I don't have a problem with Macklemore, especially because I have the same fucking haircut as Macklemore. I should be like, yeah, this yeah, is cool. Yeah, like, yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it, it's harder coming from a black person. Um, I can totally understand. Like I can say, actually, it's fucking harder for me because then I just look like a fucking jerk off at all turns. <laughs> it's like, you don't yeah. even know. I lose my card right there that I act yeah. like I know what I'm talking about in hip hop. I'm like, nah, that album's not that bad. They're like, all right, dude, go fucking take a seat, all right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> because it's like, I'm not going to say it beat out Kendrick. Um, uh, uh, like, um, what, what was that? It beat out Yeezus. It beat out Yeezus, Good Kid, Mad City. It beat out uh, Nothing Was the Same. It beat out a lot of albums that year. And Magna Carta. Holy Damn, Girl. it beat out Nothing Was the Same? That's my favorite Drake album, by the way. I will die on that. Mine album. too. Oh, thanks. It beat out Nothing Was the Same? Yep, it beat out Yeezus, Nothing Was the Same, Watch Movies at the Sound Off by Mac, Magna Carta, Holy Grail, and Kendrick. Yo, I guess that's like eight years removed now. Like, I forgot all about this shit. That's crazy. I will say, listen, can't hold us is a really like the, the extended version on the music video it's like seven minutes long and it got like a trumpet play at the end and then like then it do this fucking like bonnie var type uh bonnie bear type yeah. type of like, like all that shit <laughs> bro that shit is fucking fire um it's not like yeah that, that, whatever, whatever i just whatever, changed whatever, your whole stuff. perspective on the whole situation you were like wait to beat out all that's crazy Dude, i that, didn't that Yo, that year on one day, I forget what day it was, but watch movies with the sound off by Mac Miller, Born Sinner by J. Cole, and Jesus dropped on the same day. Yeah, I remember. I remember. <laughs> and that album won. So <laughs> I, I backtrack anything I said. I backtrack anything I said. 
I don't know, man. I would love to – I'm thinking, like, who would I want to see? I mean, the the stock answer for who I'd like to see you work with is Pharrell. I just think that would be fucking oh, – absolutely, absolutely. Oh, whoa, I mean, oh, I was going to – keep going. No, I was just going to say – I was going to say Lentra. He's a – and Y2K, that producers for uh, um, for Baby No Money and Young Gravy. But they oh, okay. make, like, these little bouncy-ass beats, and they dope as hell. But keep going, keep going, keep going. No, I'm, I was gonna, I'm thinking off the top of my head, like, who I'd want to see you – like, <laughs> see, now we're bringing back the Vince thing back up. I would love to see you get in the cave and go out with Kenny Beats. Kenny Beats, do, yeah. Do some of the weird shit he did with, like, Key or, like, even, like, what – I mean, the Denzel Curry Unlocked album is unbelievable. So, like, I would love to see you get in there and just fuck with Kenny for, like, an hour and a half and see what happens. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I would did, definitely want to get in with Kenny. Did you ever see that? that. Did you, I don't even cut you off, but did you see that video with Black when he was in there? When he, <laughs> when we get off this, go look up the cave, Kenny Beats, and Black. He raps for like four straight minutes and never changes his tone of voice. He just sits on the couch with his fucking legs crossed and raps his ass off. That man is, uh, that man's underrated 150%. I like that he just be like, it's great On the same record, him and Future, East Atlanta Love, uh, Love Letter, they don't change vocal for nothing. It's just monotone the entire time, and I eat it up. So, all right, dude, you know what? I've had you for long enough. I've kept you long enough. I want to have you back on. I want to get you in person, and we'll just fucking vibe for like an hour and a half. Yes, sir. I'm with that. I'm with that for sure. Uh, anything you want to say before we go into the song? Um, I can never fit my accomplishments in a bio. He's going to quote himself. <laughs> Our money, white dude, this was a fucking pleasure. I appreciate it, and we're going to keep your eye out for what's up next, all right? Absolutely. Yeah, appreciate you bringing me on. Yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Andre. I hate this whole fucking man. You record? Uh. Act like you left your charger to pull back up. Talk like you want love from me, but tell Rita. Ask about them niggas who feed fam up back end. Talk like I'm really the one who listen to feedback. Some of y'all need that. One day I read that in my home theater, running out of episodes of C Lab. It's busting like the pre match. They windows is pinfall. This shit that I release and make them push their whole spring back. She just want a nigga who gon' treat her like she talking and dogger. One bad call, my eyes symptom. Talk about them hotel suites sleeping on inches. Dougie tried to convince them hoes, Vince there. Please judge. Me. Now my little niggas fighting the murder Push my little brother, Charlie couldn't fight this corona You bitches stealing out the Gucci store and fighting the owners Spirit flight out to Miami, spend the night with promoters uh, Top floor living, still I'm scared of the bottom It only popped up in fear of my problems, I never slipped off Me and Shorty back at this double A about to lift off Laughing at the DMs, you rappers be trying to get off Like, oh man, I'm humble, that's the upstream Used to want to share the company, but saw the usual efforts Been at the throne, I've been abusing my leverage While all you walk around rappers is playing musical stretches My niggas out Vegas, count banking, it's outrageous I downplay it, I know it's more to be finished I know my mama watch my live stories more than these women And when I'm gone, I know these stories is written I mean, this feel like I'm driving up the Marshall and Barker Back to the studio, leave the door crack Cause your mama think it's a booty call Used to pull up and say nothing, just put a movie on And tell her that I love her, but I'm moving on Talking like, here is something I can't understand How they fall and be confident in a spiral Niggas' IGs got accolades from their files I can never fit my accomplishments in a bio They just showing they best shit before they grow in stage And I go platinum before I make it to my golden age I treat the best of all like the five second rule Fucking nigga, everything I'm dropping is a throwaway Rodini Parker wrote through saying me llamas I hit before she gave me her number, I'ma be honest How I fucked the bitch that you flew out You playing homie, still in Tony Will Playing me shitty, bro, for Tiana, oh Man, I'm humble, especially when them cars break I let your dogs get in they bag, that shit was all shit Teflon stuffed in chest, bitch, I'm a large safe A hundred thousand tucked in vest, you watch a shark tank, huh? 
the reservation, stay canceling. But fuck it, all we eat is baked salmon. Need more leg room. Brittany bought roof through my room like she gon' dress you. Cause on some Philly shit, I just thought I need more sweatsuits. Now my closet look like them Dewey Sanders collages, uh. Devil wear Prada, I'm in all saying G-Line. Do it for them niggas bouncing back up off a decline. No bad bitches packing empty bottles in a Nissan. Dope inker, had me think a light sleeper. Light wrinkle, my t-shirt look like it's see-through. I ain't never fall for the bra shit, hyping these moves. I know that it's four type of street dudes. Niggas who you think is all talking to the tat on they face. Niggas with the face tattoo, I done punched in their mouth. It's niggas facing like tat, they name on stone when they out. And then it's type of niggas like you while you stuck in the house and we outside. Thank you. 